Welcome back, everybody, to That's Entertaining. This week, we'll be looking into some things that are dear to our hearts as gamers with Final Fantasy VII. But before that, with me as usual is Meteor himself, Justin Pickard. Justin, how you doing? Whoa, I, uh, I didn't know I had such a um, grand plan. I mean, that's just a big name to call me out. I'm surprised. Well, you know, I mean... When everything comes crashing down, we always think of Justin, right? I mean, everything just comes crashing. Everything's going to end, just like Sephiroth wants it to happen in the game. So, Meteor. It's, it seems to fit oh, for me. man. I don't know if that's a compliment or... Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with compliment because I don't want to... <laughs> everybody, everybody has to see you, man. It's okay. It's good. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to have to assume the position of live stream tonight because I just have to give a little help because the other person joining us is the person that has to fit the moniker of Holy. Oh. And that is Mr. Gabe Patillo. Oh, yes now. <laughs> what is going down? Thank you guys for having a brother. No problem. Thank you for joining us. Of course. So, you know, around here, I don't know about y'all. I know I'm kind of in the middle. I'm in Illinois. Justin, you're up north. Gabe, mm-hmm. you're down south. Yes, sir. But around here, we've been above freezing. Oh. So, oh, yeah. So we've had some snow melts recently, and my basement. <laughs> oh no! Let me tell you, oh. the joys of owning a house. Oh no! <laughs> I got this little uh, little thing in my basement where whenever there's excess water outside, it likes to seep in. So I've been having to <laughs> to work a little bit down there to get that all nice and purdied up right now. But dang it! Yeah, it it's never any good when, especially. So we haven't had any rain in spring. It's going to be horrible again because. We'll have the, the snow that comes down. That'll be melting, and there'll be rain coming down. Last last year was horrible because there was so much snow on the ground, and it didn't melt until, like, the first big rains came. So it was just, like, oh, I don't know how many inches of water I ended up having one time down there because I think a pipe froze, too, that oh. usually my drain goes into. It oh, was horrible. Got it. Do you have a pump or anything? Are you working a pump down there? Um, so I have a sump pump in one corner of the basement, but where most of the water was... <laughs> Not the right corner? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was a rock corner completely. It's, it's the high corner? Yeah. So the way my basement's designed is that it has this, it has a couple drains in it, but apparently the drains either got backed up with like frozen up water or ice or something in there. Um, and it just didn't seep through it. So my, my basement's designed to have all the water pool towards the center because that's where the drains are, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, when when a drain doesn't work, that mm. that's never any good. Yeah, it's that's not when a drain I gotta anymore. call it holy. <laughs> yeah, that's just a hole in the ground. Uh, yeah, golly, that's another wall. Yeah. It's not draining. <laughs> that's right. So how you been, Justin? I've been pretty good. Yeah, uh, pretty light week this week. Uh, busy working a lot. You know, planning the wedding still. It's uh, getting really hectic around here with. Uh oh. Yeah, we're we're leaving next Friday, so we got one week, and you know we we got packed for a two week vacation. So I can't wait to leave, but the stress from having to pack all this stuff and plan mm. this wedding, uh, you know, because we we gotta bring a lot of wedding materials down with us to Key West. So it, it's just it's a little stressful, but we're we're getting through it. But uh, besides that, just a lot of working, and it's uh, all worth it. Yeah. And, uh, All worth it. Oh, yeah. And uh, I've been playing some games. I'm uh, happy to announce I finally finished uh, 
my first raid in Destiny. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I was really excited about that. Uh, I had, I think I mentioned last week I had a buddy hit me up. Um, he he just started and he was playing. Well, he ended up hitting me up again up again the next week. Turns out he's been playing nonstop and he's like level thirty one, or something Ooh. you know something crazy. And uh, I'm like I was like a level twenty six. Mm-hmm. So, but he helped me uh, level up like another level, and then uh, I jumped in with five other guys, and uh, we started the raid and finished it. And like, I don't know, probably only took us like 40, 45 minutes. Oh, nice! Really? Yeah, it wasn't that bad. I mean, all the dudes I was playing with were level thirty-one or thirty-two. I mean, I was just mm. running around, not doing anything <laughs> in the back. So you, you were just sitting back. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I was just holding the holding locations down. You know what I mean? So. You're like, hey, you guys right. don't want to need a cheeseburger here? Exactly. Right. <laughs> I'm making coffee back here if you guys need any coffee. Go Ex- get them. Exactly. So if anyone yeah. else has been playing Destiny and if they're a low-level guy, they know what I mean when you're just kind of walking around. Uh, so I enjoyed that. I I tried getting into it again a couple nights later, and I was just like, so much work to like get all the special mm. exotics and... It's like, I don't yeah, know. Amen. Yeah, you're playing the same missions over and over again. And I did the raid. Uh, I have the season pass, so I have the second raid. Mm-hmm. I, I might try to level up to get through that because I already paid for it. But I, <laughs> right. I mean, other than that, <laughs> I'm as well. kind of done. You know. You see, that's that's kind of my my deal too with Destiny is because after a while, it just felt like work. You know, like I had to work to get all these engrams, and then. Oh, it wasn't uh, going to actually be a piece of armor or anything. It was actually just going to be this little white thing that that uh, nothing blue, nothing purple, nothing, nothing yellow. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> it's never yellow. No. Yeah. Even if you have a yellow Ingram, it didn't turn it. It was always like, oh, this is blue. What? The heck? Yeah. Yeah. This is green. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Thank you, Cryptoc uh, or whatever his name is. Yeah. I I tapped out at twenty seven. I think twenty seven or twenty eight. I think twenty eight. I think they twenty eight. I yeah. tapped out. I was like, "All right." After do- after doing the Vault of Glass, I was like, "Yeah, I've I've run the gamut," and I didn't get the season pass. So, yeah, I wish yeah. I wish now I wouldn't have, because now I feel pressured to, because I think there's another DLC pack coming out in a couple months or another month. Right. Uh-huh. So now I feel pressured. It's like, well, I I literally can't play that content unless I level up right now. So, we'll see. But I yeah. I've been playing that. Uh, uh, working on Infamous First Light still. I think I'm like 75% through that. Nice. I, I think it'll end How up... is that? Ah, it's so good. Um, so you only get the one power in First Light, um, the Neon power, which was, right. my, which was my favorite power in Second Sun. But mm. uh, everything's so much faster in First Light because uh, uh, I'm blanking on her name right now, but your character, I mean, she, she runs Fetch. through this... Fetch, yeah, yeah. She runs through these clouds throughout the city and it like boosts her speed. So you're playing way faster in this game than you ever were in Second Sun. So like, mm. that, it's a lot of fun. It's a short story. Uh, I think it'll actually be the first game I officially platinum. There you go. So I'm excited about that. I'm doing all the side stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm almost almost to the finish line. And then, I can't uh, wait to crack into that thing because it was free. <clears throat> this month in January, and uh, I downloaded it, and I just I just still haven't played it yet. I don't know why. I've been so distracted. Yeah, I I've been taking breaks from other games to play this, but like mm-hmm. I said, I mean, I've probably only played it for 
a couple hours or maybe three hours at the most like and i'm 75 percent through the game i think so like mm-hmm. it's not a huge time commitment which i really like so and i started out and it's got its own platinum huh yeah yeah i'm really excited about that because like that's weird yeah well yeah it's like i think they only do that with first party games where they give them a platinum uh for dlc but mm. it, i mean it is a standalone game at this point you know i'm not running second so i'm running this as its own game so i don't i'll take a platinum if i can get it i know <laughs> that's right <laughs> uh so doing that and then uh ha- haven't been watching a lot of stuff haven't been to the movies lately we were supposed to go see american sniper last weekend but we couldn't make it out because uh, i'm i've been waiting to go see that um yeah, i heard it's awesome yeah everyone's raving about it everyone at work's talking about it uh everyone's on facebook chatting about it so except for the fake baby <laughs> yeah. oh, i heard everything's gosh. awesome except the fake baby i know i awesome. that fake baby was in the trailer too yeah i know <laughs> uh, we didn't, how how were we not warned about this we should have known that <laughs> i know exactly so I can't. I want, I want fifty cents of my money back. <laughs> yeah, I can't get those three minutes back of that scene. Mm-mm. So excited to go see that. Hopefully, we'll be able to sneak it in this weekend. But other than that, just same old watching Friends on Netflix. Mm. Uh, still working our way through that. The fiance is officially addicted to it. Uh, she was a little iffy at first, but now she's that's all she's watching now too. So uh, there you go. A lot of friends around the household right now. Nice. We'll get you. But uh, that's about it for me. It's been a pretty light week as far as uh, entertaining stuff. Yeah. Same here. I mean, it hasn't been too long, uh, much of a week because, I mean, all I've really done is played Forza Horizon 2 uh, and then some Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds because uh, you guys have heard of GOG.com. Mm-hmm. Good mm-hmm. old games. Uh-huh. So they have a ton of Lucasfilm games out there now, um, and they put recently... Uh, Galactic Battlegrounds. It was six bucks. How could I say no to that? That is, Galactic Battlegrounds is part of my childhood. Let's is just it? say that, or maybe not my childhood, my my, my formative years, <laughs> <laughs> because that game, I I was into that before I was into Age of Empires or any other RTS. That's the game that drew me into StarCraft or these other games. Wow, because um, it was Star Wars. That's that's what I'm all about. Mm-hmm. Gabe, you, you may not know this about me, but I am a huge fan of Star Wars. Nice. As you Just should throwing be. that out there. <laughs> you should but, be a, a big... I mean, I feel like it's the American way. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to choose... I, I guess you have to choose one at a certain age, either Star Wars or Star Trek, or you could go green and go Battlestar Galactica, but we're not even going to talk about that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> why, why do that? But, uh, so, so with, with the games, that was six bucks, and they also have some other games that they released recently that I'm really contemplating getting. Um, although... As I say this, I'm looking at my fully functional, now hooked up Nintendo 64 with Rogue Squadron in the game system. Come on. Um, But also, GOG has that uh, for sale for $6, too. I'm kind of tempted because I know it would look a little bit better. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, they got a ton of stuff out there now. Uh, So check it out if you're a Star Wars fan for sure. But um, so as far as me, as far as entertaining stuff, that's about it. Uh, I have watched a little bit here and there on netflix again my wife's been watching bones on netflix how is uh, that so it's it's a good tv show it's gotta it's, be middle of the road at best right 
uh, maybe a little bit above middle of the road, but at the beginning, okay. it's painful for me. I mean, <laughs> the, the later seasons are okay. Like, my wife is in season eight now. Like, seasons mm-hmm. one through four, I was like, good night. What is going on here? How'd this make it past this? Seasons one through four were tough? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I mean, I'll give it. If I'm watching a new show, I'll give the first four episodes a try. If the first four <laughs> episodes don't grab me, I can't keep putting myself through that. Uh, what can I say? I'm a little bit more forgiving. I don't know. Yeah, that's good. But, yeah, I mean, because I, I look at a TV show like that that's been around for a long time. And it's like, man, this has got 10 seasons out or whatever. This has to be okay. And then it, it, if it doesn't grab me, I'm like, okay, keep watching. Something's going to happen eventually. Maybe, ah, oh, there we go. <laughs> there it is in season five. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> season five, episode 20. Oh, golly. <laughs> Only took five years. So, but you got there. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, so that's about it for me for the entertaining stuff. But, you know, before we go any further, you guys hear a third voice with us. And we introduced him in the beginning. His name is Gabe. Mm-hmm. But just to give you a little bit of background of who he is, I have this article pulled up from the Tennessean. <laughs> oh, jeez Louise. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, a lovely gosh. quote. Yes. The, the article from Tennessean here. Please. <laughs> so uh, it... It's uh, consistency is key, begins this paragraph. Gabriel Patillo has been producing the Married to the Games podcast, hey Heyo! <laughs> since September 2012. Right. And that's, has told that, me... That's all, that's all half true so far. <laughs> has told me that one of the things that made he and his wife's show <laughs> successful Golly. is that they haven't missed a week since they began their show. I yes. love the fact-checking on this article. It's great. I, what the heck happened? I thought that's what journalists did, but maybe I, I watch too much television. You watch, you watch too much, uh, what was that news channel called, where they, they have the fact-checking uh, rewrites after every hour? <laughs> exactly. I don't even know. But yeah. So, uh, oh. without further ado, Mr. Patillo. Is it yes. Patillo, 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 Patillo? Yeah, Patillo. Patillo. Mm-hmm. Give us a little bit of background on what you do. Oh, man. I kind of do all kind of stuff. I, uh, I'm in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. And so uh, that's a big part of what I do for a living. I do music. I background sing um, for a guy named Toby Mack. And we probably do, I don't know, anywhere between 60 and 100 something shows a year. And been doing that for 13 years. And dad, husband, and freaking love video games. Nice. That's what I do. Trying to hold it down. How I found you and how Justin found you is your your little podcast you mentioned there, Married to the Games. Yes, sir. Ha- has that been going since September 2012? Yeah, yeah. That was our first that was our first episode dropped in September 2012, and uh, we just passed two years. And um, <laughs> it's not with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> what? Which is, exactly. Spoiler alert. Um, Dang it. <laughs> it. Which is so funny because I the guy had emailed us and was like hey i'm doing this story on podcasting and because i think you know the the podcast serial which was a spinoff from this american life really brought to the forefront podcasting when people i feel like it's a big thing but people still don't there's so many people that have never heard of it like is, just is podcasting. the one that's broadcast to, brought to us by mailchimps yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> mail mail kemp <laughs> um and so uh that <laughs> You have to listen to the intro to yeah exactly, but um, yeah, and so uh, 
he was doing a story on podcasting and he wanted to really feature some local podcasters. The Tennessean is our statewide Tennessee, uh, our newspaper here. And so he asked us a bunch of questions. We filled them out, sent them back. And so I'm just guessing that because the podcast is called Married to the Games, he just figured it was a, a guy and his wife talking about video games, I guess. Um, <laughs> without, I, you know, if you listen to the show for 10 seconds, you could tell it's me and two other guys. And they haven't passed that law here in Tennessee just yet. <laughs> and so, um, uh, yeah, it's me and two guys named Tim. And, uh, yeah, we just did our, let's see, 123rd show this week. And wow. uh, so, yeah, man, we're keeping it moving. Married to the Games, I love it. It's, it's been such a, it's become such a labor of love. I didn't know that it would kind of not take over, but I didn't know it would be so in the forefront of my thinking uh every week but it's really become a a cool thing that i really enjoy doing it with those two guys has it gotten to the point where it keeps you up at night it, it yeah definitely like trying to think of what we could do and what we could do better and you know because we're not in the industry you know in the way that you know the beyond guys were and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that we're not surrounded by we're not in san francisco we're not in la we're not in new york you know, and so, um, and we've got a little love coming here. Um, EA has brought some of their scoring to Nashville and stuff like that. So that's kind of cool. But, you know, Nashville is, you don't think of gaming when you think of Nashville or when, you know. And so uh, it's been really cool, man. You know, and we're just trying to make it better every week and bring something to, you know, bring good content, you know, kind of from the outside and speak a little bit in layman's terms so that people can click on and listen and We've heard all kind of people say, hey, I listen with my grandmother. I listen with my daughter, you know, and stuff like that. So it's been yeah. really cool. I listen to my wife in, in the car. I kind of force her to every now and then when she's trapped in the <laughs> yeah, vehicle exactly. with me. I, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> no, but uh, but yeah, it's it's a, a great show. I don't remember how long I've been listening to it. It hasn't been since Inception, I haven't. Mm. I have to say. I have to just put that out there. Oh, it's all but good. But it's been a... Um, been a long time i've been listening to it i originally i found it because you guys followed me on twitter yes. and then uh i followed you back i was like yeah i'll give you a listen and then i've been a fan ever since man <clears throat> that's awesome well i appreciate you listening it's it's crazy that to us it's crazy that anybody listens <laughs> so <laughs> when people are like you know and we've gotten some crazy emails about you know you know people's dark times and us being there and it's been really a cool thing because you don't think about that when you're doing a video game podcast that you're helping somebody through something, you know what I mean? But it's Mm -hmm. been really cool to be able to be a community uh, for people. And and you're almost there for people when you don't know that you're there for people, but to have, you know, when you have 123 episodes, it feels like you could click us on whenever and find something that you maybe haven't heard before, especially, you know, for people that have just been listening for a year, you know, that's only 52 episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's been it's been really cool. It's been a fun ride, and it's turned out to be something different than than any of us ever expected. Awesome. Well, I know uh, Justin and I uh, we actually formed this podcast as a result of your podcast. So nice. in a way, you are our granddaddy. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I love it, man. I love encouraging people to go out and and do their thing. Cause I always say, if like if us three knuckleheads can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah. <laughs> It's good stuff. Well, we welcome you aboard this week as we continue on to our entertaining news and just getting to getting the nitty gritty. So feel free if you want to comment on any of this stuff, just let us know. I don't know how to not comment on stuff. That's well, good. You'll, <laughs> so be, you'll be fit here. right in. Yes, sir. <laughs> so uh, just the first bit of news uh, on the entertainment side. 
Um, so Amazon, you know them from the company that has cool stuff to ship you and send you stuff within two days, right? Right, of course. They've been making TV shows for a little bit, but now they're going to be making movies. Mm-hmm. So, what do you guys think about that? Netflix make, or I'm sorry, Amazon, Netflix is one of their competitors, making movies. Uh, but... I, I like it. I mean, I, I hope Netflix eventually starts making like full just two hour long movies or something. Uh, the only thing I thought was a little weird about the announcement, it, it seemed like a little bit of a weird announcement to me because I think they said something about they're making like 12 movies a year. or It was it was like a lot of movies per year. Like So it, it made it seem like they weren't going to be bringing like big budget movies necessarily, like just like mid tier movies. Which yeah. like more like indie, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I can get behind that. I love indie movies, but uh, I'm a little like, just seemed like a weird way to go. I don't know. I was a little confused by that, but I mean, I'd love to see where they, what they bring to the table. Yeah, and so the interesting thing I think about this whole announcement is that a they're going to be acting like they're going to be acting as a distribution point. They're going to be acting as a, a financier of a of a project. But two, they're going to have VOD demands on their service within, was it two months? So it's going to go from a theatrical release to a VOD offering, and and that's a turnaround of two months, which, I mean, you you can kind of guess that I don't know how long it would really take to get the VOD or uh, home-owned releases out there, Uh, because most of the time it takes, it could take up to nine months or a year. Yeah, I feel like six months is like bare minimum for most movies especially lately and with like big releases uh you know guardians took i think probably around nine months didn't it yeah it was released uh just before thanksgiving i think and that was out in may okay yeah Hmm. or june i can't remember yeah it's one of those things that gets bothersome to me because you're like well if you're gonna crank out that much stuff like how quality is it gonna be and i've always been a quality over quantity guy like you know you know, Naughty Dog, for instance, does one game at a time. Yep. And they're to me, they've been amazing games. Um, but then you have like what Telltale is going through right now, where they're trying to pump out so much stuff with like doing the Borderlands thing. They did the um, Wolf Among Us thing, and now they're doing the Game of Thrones thing. They got the Minecraft thing, and so there's all these balls in the air. And then you don't really, you haven't heard so much about the Game of Thrones thing. Like, I've heard that, eh, it's okay. And you're like, no, I want it to be awesome. I want these guys to be killing it with everything they do. And so that's what you worry when stuff overlaps that much. Because to shoot a movie doesn't take, you know, it can take six weeks, but usually you can tell that it's been taking six weeks. You know what I mean? Right. And you can tell that too. So, I mean, you know, you do the Telltale game. There's there's a great analogy. Um, the Lego games. I mean, there's a million of them now. It seems to be they're all flooded in there. Um mm-hmm. And then if you look at movies, so it used to be like you had uh, like a Star Trek movie like every other year. Right. But, and, and those, when they came out, they were like, one was good, one was bad, one was good. You know, it was it was like, is this one going to be good? I don't know. So mm. it kind of floods it out. And then you got just a number of them, whereas you can't say, oh, yeah, this one was great. This one was even better. And, you know, but maybe I think movies are getting to the point now where they're I think they're focusing a lot more on quality these days, except there you still have the old traditional movie uh house people who who have taken which is a great movie 
do Taken 2, and you're like, okay. Oh, and man. then Taken 3 comes out, and you're like, what the heck? Seriously, this guy's a horrible father. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, somebody needs to be home more often. <laughs> That's right. Take a or day home off. alone, you know what I mean? <laughs> Gracious. Yeah. I'm so, did any, have you guys seen this last one? I haven't, but I want to. Yeah. You do? I'm, I'm part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm part of the problem, too, because I went and saw two. Which uh-huh. <laughs> I thought was terrible. I think any time that you're like, hey, run on these roofs and throw grenades and I'll be able to tell where you are. And you're like, where is she throwing these grenades? Like, are we not seeing families being destroyed to the left and the right? And she's just exactly. throwing, the, lobbing these grenades wherever she wants to in the city that she doesn't know. Oh, uh-huh. That was that was my, one of my huge issues with that movie. I was like, she's just throwing grenades. You can't do that. And there's like no repercussions, right? There's no police no. or army that shows up or helicopters like what are these, what are these explosions right. doing where's the news copter exactly it was a random white lady throwing grenades into people's <laughs> windows oh boy oh it's so <laughs> true that movie i need to watch it again because I, I i look back at it right now without watching it in a long time the first one was great um, awesome the second one first one was awesome yeah the second one from what i remember is just like he's in trouble and the girl comes save him or something and her throwing grenades around that's all I remember from that. I'm like, come on. <laughs> so bad. So but I do want to see the third. <laughs> I know. And then I heard, I saw a review that said the third one makes the second one look like a work of art. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, this is not good right now. No, that's never any good. Mm-mm. Oh, well, maybe there's something better to watch than Taken 3 on Netflix. For instance, starting on Saturday, which is, depending on when you're listening to this, either yesterday <laughs> or I don't know when. Right. Uh, then the interview. Speaking of movies that are transitioning to VOD before you even know it, that movie was set for a theatrical release. Obviously, it didn't get released in most theaters, and then it was available as a as a rental from some different services. And now it's going to be on Netflix streaming, so you can actually watch it if you have a Netflix account starting Saturday for free. For free. Well, including your, in your cost. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> I'll probably have to see that one. See what yeah, all the I mean, hubbub is that, about. That's one of the things is like I would never pay to see that movie really because, it, uh, okay, honestly, all the controversy aside, it's a piece of work. I mean, it's 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 not gonna it's not gonna it's not it's getting too much publicity for what it actually is. You know what I mean? Of course. But anyway, so that starts streaming on Saturday. Um, but I don't know. What do you guys? Are you gonna? Do you think that this is a smart move for Sony to make? Because, a, I heard that there's an article that they're gonna be losing at least fifty million on this by doing this move mm. so soon, so that they're not getting the VOD or digital purchases that they would have otherwise, or waiting either for a Blu-ray release or a DVD release. That this is just gonna come back and bite them. What do you What do you think? Is this a smart move? Uh, I mean, it, it seems weird. It's it's just soon. It's really surprising how soon it is. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if like. Netflix just offered that. I mean, I would imagine that as soon as all the controversy started, Netflix was the first one there to say, "Hey, pay, pay us. We'll stream it, or you know, whatever, or they'll pay for mm. it." And uh, so, I wonder if they've just been knocking on the door for so long that finally, Sony's like, "All right, fine. Uh, you know, what's your best offer?" So I, I mean, it's just soon, but man, yeah. I'm gonna check it out. I'm I'm happy about that news because yeah, I would have. I was never going to pay for it, so I was like, well, I'll watch it. I, I don't mind Seth Rogen and James Franco movies here and there. So Right. 
Yeah. So, anyway, it'll it'll be interesting to see how this pans out for them, but uh, I'm, Man, I'm interested quick. to see what what it actually does. Like, so you have to think Netflix is not worried at all about getting any cyber attacks towards them, DDoS or whatever, because their business right now, their sole source of business that is actually profitable is the streaming side of things. So North Korea hacked Sony to get all this you know stuff out, supposedly. That's what we're told, anyway. So Netflix is going to go ahead and stream this thing out that North Korea doesn't want anybody to see. They got some, uh, they got some kanash. Some cojones? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think for the most part, though, like most people are, most companies are over it. I mean, there, there was a lot of video on demand services that were already carrying this movie to be purchased. So I, at this point, there's so many people that are showing it. They're not going to go after everyone at this point, you know. Granted, Netflix is probably going to be the a pretty big target, but yeah. It's, yeah Speaking it's, of big it's, targets, yeah, no, sorry, go ahead, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You get the floor. No, I, I mean, just just bringing up the fact that it's so fast. You're like that. That like we've never seen a movie go free streaming this quickly, and you do it does make you wonder what the back end deal was because. To lose that much money, even though the Sony is still a drop in the bucket, they're still a business and they still want to make money, mm-hmm. you know. And so it it is so crazy that it is that quick. That's extremely yeah. fast. Yeah, I, I I mean it is fast, but like in reality, everyone's hoping that as the years go on, this stuff actually happens a little more, where it comes to video on demand faster. And I mean, I'm not saying Netflix necessarily, but like just video on demand services in general to be able to rent them or whatever. I think most people are, are hoping that we get to that point where, mm-hmm. you know, a month after a release, it's already on your PlayStation to rent or your Xbox to rent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Moving from that side of news. So I have to put another little star Wars news bit in, you know, it's, it's a tradition. There has to be a little bit of something Star Wars in the news, right? Weekly Star yeah. Wars update with Nathan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's right. Uh, maybe I'll read it in my Palpatine voice for something that's truly epic. But this one, this is this is really a, a funny one because uh, you guys have heard of the 501st, right? Do you know Do you know what the 501st are? I don't. I don't. Crickets. Okay, I got crickets. All right, so the 501st, they are a costuming group, uh, them and the Rebel Legion. The 501st dress as stormtroopers or just Imperials, uh, and they go to children's hospitals and just do things to to Scare brighten them. the day for children. Scare <laughs> They're like, boom! <laughs> no, the bad guys no. are coming. Don't scare. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Eat your vegetables. <laughs> Eat your vegetables, otherwise you'll be exactly. burned and right. need to be in a suit. Uh, but anyway, they they do great work because they do a lot of stuff for children's hospitals and uh, raising awareness for different uh, organizations around those. Um, and in Australia, there was a uh, a gentleman dressed as a five hundred first stormtrooper, mm-hmm. and he was doing a run for a, ch- a local charity down there. And you know, in Australia, things are a little bit more. Um, how's the best way to put this? Underdeveloped. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so he was ro- he was running down this road, and he took a little a break, and he saw this little what he thought was a dead snake. Uh, and this snake actually went and took a lunge at him and bit into his armor on his uh, on his leg. 
And little did he know, this snake was actually very poisonous and would have oh. killed him otherwise. So, the moral of the story is that stormtrooper armor actually is good for something. <laughs> yeah. Can't stop blaster bolts, but it can stop snakes. Yeah. <laughs> so now when he goes home to his wife, he can finally justify all the money he's probably put into his suit and everything. And, right. Uh, he's got, a, he's got a, a story to go back to for the rest of his life. Uh, explaining why he has, you know, why he was able to dress up like that. Yeah. So at least, uh, at least he now has more uh, visibility for his uh, his project too, for getting that local charity some more uh, attention. So that's good too. Yeah. This that is I mean, great. Yeah. This news story I saw it on quite a few places like IGN and a lot of big uh, news outlets. So it is that's a lot of publicity. Yep. But I do have one thing. I mean. Why is everything so flippin' dangerous in Australia? There's <laughs> Seriously. Everything's poisonous or, like, the size of a human. And, <laughs> I mean, I've seen some horrifying documentaries on Australia. That is one place... Gotta watch out for them drop bears. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, you're talking about spiders the size of, you know... Your hand yeah. and your or face. My, the trunk sitting next to me. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's just crazy. I, I thought I, I didn't realize it was in Australia. It makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most of Australia is all uh, underdeveloped and kind of in the the outback regions. Because Sid- you think of Sydney, Australia, and stuff like that. That's on a port, really, mm-hmm. um, and it it's built in from there, but not very far. Most of that continent is a wasteland, honestly. Yeah, mm. that's why. Uh, um, uh, Mad Max, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. Why is the moral of the story not don't walk up on a snake? <laughs> well, don't play with dead I snakes. Mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. I, if it was me, I would steer clear from that snake. I wouldn't be taking a break around there for sure. But, I mean, you got to think in Australia, things are probably a little bit different. They probably see snakes every day. You know what I mean? It's probably like, oh, hey, there's another little guy, whatever. Oh, there's another dead snake. Yeah. <laughs> snake up on this snake. That's not a snake. <laughs> this is a snake. Yeah, I got you. Uh-huh. Awesome. All right. Let's move away from uh, that little bit of Star Wars news into some comic book-related movie news. Um, let's go with the X-Men Apocalypse casting. So, I don't know if you guys saw this, but I think it was announced yesterday that for X-Men Apocalypse, which is the follow-up movie... Now, this gets convoluted, right? Because... You have First Class, then you have Days of Future Past, and then you have the original X-Men movies, and they all kind of come together in last movie. But this one takes place after uh, after the events of the last movie, Days of Future Past, in the 80s. So just to kind of give you a little bit of context of that. So in this movie, huh. because it takes place in the 80s, you need some younger characters. Right. So they cast a young Storm, a young Jean Grey, and a young Cyclops. Okay. So, um, so you're saying it happens after the part in Days of Future Past where they go back in time? Yeah, so it takes place after all that Sentinel business that happens. Not after real time <laughs> Days After Future Past. Right. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, have fun explaining that to people you know, when, we go, exactly. when this movie comes out. <laughs> right. So, so basically, <laughs> don't... Just forget the Patrick Stewart movies, you know, with uh, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. Just with the great kind of casting. Those for a little but bit. they were the, the last great movie, casting. though. That's so confusing. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not going to be in this one. <laughs> okay. As long as they're not in the... As, but Hugh Jackman will still be in it. 
Most likely. I mean, you oh, can't not okay. have an X-Men movie yeah. with you without Hugh Jackman. Yeah, that's true. I totally agree. <laughs> oh, boy. So, <laughs> now that we have it cleared up as to when this movie is going to take place and why there needs to be younger people cast, um, I'll just run through this real quick because there's only really one that I know who this person was. Um, and that is the person who plays Sansa Stark uh, on the HBO Game of Thrones. Um, her name is... Sophie Turner. So right. she's going to be playing Jean Grey, young Jean Grey. Yep, that makes sense. She, I mean, she's and she's got red hair and she's a really good act, actress. So that's yeah. good news. And it, it you don't necessarily just need to have the hair color, Justin. <laughs> just saying. But <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, and they have Lucille Ball <laughs> playing Jean Grey. I'm looking at a picture right now, and she kind of already looks like Jean Grey. So I don't know. I just get. I it. know she does. I mean, it, it, it fits, honestly, and she's not too far of a cry from Famke Janssen, either. Um, I, I could see a young Famke Janssen kind of resembling that uh, look, too. So it, it's, uh, it's a good bit of casting there. I'm looking forward to see what she does with it. I honestly think that she's a pretty good actress, so I'm sure that she will be better than Storm has ever been. Um, but <laughs> young Storm uh, will be played by uh, Alexandra Shipp. Now, I I don't know who Alexandra Ship is or what she's been in, um, but she's gonna be uh, cast as Young Storm, and then the other cast is Young Cyclops, mm-hmm. and his name is Ty Sheridan. So I am familiar oh, with guy. him. Uh, he's actually a really good actor. I've seen a, he's been in a few indie movies. Um, okay. One of which Mud, which is on Netflix. And I would, if either of you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's really good. Is that uh, Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Reese Witherspoon's in it too. Uh, but he plays. A, he's really good in that movie. As you know, he's a younger. He's a pretty young actor, and uh, he does really well. So. Nice. Cool. So the the two, um, Gene and Cyclops, are both eighteen, and then uh, Sophie is twenty four. Hmm. So, just kind of interesting a little bit there to... Why do you think do that timeline? So, why do that timeline? Yeah, yeah. Why not return to the like the more present day timeline? Yeah, why not continue to move forward? It seems like the last two X-Men now have been in the past. For I'm talking about for the lay person who just like has been enjoying the X-Men movies. You've for, got like For the person one, who two, doesn't know anything about the comics, right? Yeah. Like, okay. Which is going to be the majority of the people going to the movies. The best answer I could come up with for that is because the simple fact that humans age. That's why they can't keep that. I mean, seriously, that's why they can't keep that cast going. Because, I yeah. mean, you've got, I mean, But Hugh Halle Jackman Berry's and Patrick old, Stewart right? don't, and Holly Berry pretty much don't age, it seems like. It seems like they've looked the same for the last 15 years. Well, so Halle Berry, I think, comes from the perspective of she now has, since she's been cast uh, as Storm originally, has an Oscar. Um, mm-hmm. She probably thinks that it's a little bit too low for her. Um, I don't know if you saw X-Men 3, but she kind of just phoned that performance in. For sure. And she wasn't, she didn't have any, did she have any lines in the last movie? I think the only line she has was stare at the sky. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I think was her line, yeah. So I think you, you kind of come to the point with those movies is that you can't really get those cast you can't hold them together anymore. You, they've fulfilled their contract. 
and I don't think that they'd be able to pull him back in for it. So, for that reason, they kind of go back for this other storyline um, that supposedly now is all going to tie in to the all-overarching storyline that they're, they've already got set up. Except for that first Wolverine movie, that still doesn't fit in <laughs> properly. They should but, have done that. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of an experiment that they should have just like, yeah, this never happened. Um, but yeah, I'm look, I'm excited to see where uh, they go with this because it'll be, it'll be interesting to watch the apocalypse story unfold. As as a fan of that comic book, I'm looking at my shelf right now where I see my my volumes of that. There's four volumes of that series, mm-hmm. um, and I there's no way that they can condense that into one movie. Newsflash: It's going to have to be two at least. Um, cause Gosh. anything these days, it seems to be at least, you know, two parts or Please part three, two. part two. Oh. <laughs> the problem is we all know the end. That's true. I mean, if, everybody if does had, now, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we, yeah, we've had all these movies that you're saying happened after this movie that's about to happen. So, yeah, so at the end, it's like no nothing fear. matters in this movie. Yeah, Why no are you even fear doing of it? Any of my people dying because they were in the very first X-Men that ever came out. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Lordy. <laughs> ah, well, but anyway. So that that little bit of news there. Um, another bit before I get into the big comic book news, and oh. this one um, ties into a little bit into the the other bit of news that I had for the the children's hospital, is that Captain America has thrown the gauntlet at Star Lord. Oh. And what I mean by that is uh, Captain America, played by Chris Evans, uh, has challenged Star Lord to a bet. Which is based on the outcome of the Super Bowl. Uh, one of them is going to have to visit at the other person's children's hospital dressed as their character. Nice. So Captain America is a fan of the Patriots, obviously. <laughs> as he should be, I guess. Yeah, that makes uh-huh. sense. So if if the Patriots win the Super Bowl, then Star Lord has to go visit uh, the children's hospital of uh, Chris Evans' choosing, mm-hmm. uh, dressed as or Chris Pratt has to go visit dressed as Star Lord. Um, so that's pretty cool. And then on the other side, if the Seahawks win, Captain America has to go visit Chris Pratt's children's hospital dressed as Captain America. I love so, that. Yeah, I, I love this. These are the kind of bets that I love to see people make, especially people that when you look at children, they love comic book movies. They love comic books, right? Yes. And these these people, these characters are real to them in some aspects, and being able to have be able to bring some joy to their life that's ah these are the best kind of things i love to see these news stories are what i want to see every day mm-hmm. yeah, yeah absolutely and you yeah. wish the news would talk about this stuff more often you know exactly what I mean? why like isn't there a write-up on cnn on this right they should be all over like the cover of tmz and all that like these guys are doing a great thing but we freaking get fed the kardashians all day <laughs> yep, spoon-fed the Kardashians or a deflated ball. That's how you get. Yeah, deflate gate. <laughs> <laughs> deflate gate. Oh, uh-huh. don't get me started. Uh, oh yeah, we've had football talk the past couple weeks, Gabe. Just so you know, but uh, we have too. <laughs> if you, if, if oh, you don't yeah. say on our show because well, you can't help but talk about it. But I would, I need to hear somebody's rant on deflate gate because that thing is, <laughs> that is so ridiculous. Uh, just turn on ESPN and leave it to play for about an hour. You'll get all you need. <laughs> really? Okay, so let me ask you this just real quick. Have you guys been following it? A little bit, yeah. yeah. A little bit. So everybody has said, it seems like it's saying Tom Brady felt like he was obviously lying at his press conference. Is that true? So in his press conference, when I watched it, his 
I mean, there's no way to tell if a guy's lying, in my opinion, or not. Just the way he was answering his questions. He was being kind of cagey, kind of laughing it off. But, I mean, that's what you would do if you were trying to to (laughs) just get through something anyway. Exactly. But here's my opinion. If there's a deflated ball... And you're a quarterback who's been in the season or been in the in the profession for as long as you have been. Mm-hmm. You know a difference between a, def, a ball that has proper inflation and not. So right, he would have to have known. I mean, he he is the one person. Him, maybe the center, would have had to have realized that that ball didn't feel right. And luck, though, right? So here's the thing. So, and I don't understand this one bit. A team brings their own balls to play with. So they do? when the yeah when when the Patriots were on the offense, they play with their own balls that their team brought, and when the Colts are on the offense, they bring their own balls. Well, that's just um, asking for people to cheat. That is, I know. What the heck? <laughs> that is the what weirdest. What in the world? <laughs> I know. That's stupid. And they want yeah. to get on baseball for everybody corking their bats. Well, yeah. And so here, here's the other thing. Uh, so. The NFL has kind of been all cagey about this whole situation because, I mean, that was the AFC Championship game. The next game is the Super Bowl. Obviously, then you're in the offseason. They can deal with it then, right? That's what they want to do. Uh-huh. But so they were they were going to fine Marshawn Lynch, uh, I think it was like $25,000. $20, yeah, $20,000, yeah. To wear gold-plated shoes, <laughs> just some custom cleats. And they were going to fine him that much, and they were going to suspend him a game following if he did. Why are they so more uh, domineering on the things that don't really affect the game? But when you have something that that does with these deflated balls, they're just kind of, uh, well, we'll, we'll see. What uh, uh, yeah, he said he didn't do it. So, <laughs> see, he said he didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, see, he said it. He said he promised. Even <laughs> <laughs> I promise I didn't do it. Yeah, it's so weird because. Yeah, I think they just like picking on Marshawn Lynch because he's like a piggy bank right now. Like <laughs> oh, they're dude, like, Marshawn's oh, you're fine for this. Be like, you won't talk to the media. You're fine fifty thousand dollars. Like fifty thousand dollars for not talking to the media. The man don't feel like talking to these guys. Yeah. So uh. if you're good, you have to talk to the media. And they said, what is Monday, Wednesday, and Friday? And so mm. if you know that he's, I guess contractually obligated when you sign up for the NFL. But it, it's just I such guess. a funny thing because I'm like, he don't want to talk to the media so you fine him fifty thousand dollars he wants to wear his pick of shoes and you find him twenty thousand dollars but tom brady can bring the perfect ball to the game 11 out of the 12 yeah and if it was like one or two i could say okay whatever that was an accident but 11 out of 12 and i bet you that 12th ball that was properly inflated was the one that they used for inspection i guarantee it (laughs) guarantee right they all feel like this trust me (laughs) <laughs> this NFL moment brought to you by chocolate milk. <laughs> Come on, man. What is All it right. with you and chocolate milk? We went through this last week. Enough of the chocolate milk. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, All right. So uh, That's because he knew I was going to be on the show. <laughs> so he had chocolate on the brain. There you go. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we, we stepped away there a little bit for our NFL chat. Sorry, from my, fault. News. my fault. But no, no problem. Marvel went ahead and announced something big this past week. So they announced that there's going to be a new Secret Wars event, and that's going to be in May. So do you guys follow comic books at all? I don't. No, not I used to. I wish I did. I want to. (laughs) Yeah, you want to. Okay. (laughs) 
and uh, Justin that you've you're interested in them, but you you don't quite have the time to read them anymore, yeah, right? Just not not right now, anyways. Yeah. Well, maybe you'll get the time because now it's all going to be consolidated again. So mm. here's what's happening: every incarnation of let's say Iron Man or Spider Man is going to be part of this secret war event. There will be some of those in our incarnations that die and are no longer in continuity going forward because after Secret Wars, that's going to kind of bottleneck everything and then you're going to have, going out of that, their permanent kind of comic. So it's almost like a few years ago, uh, there was Flashpoint Paradox, which um, if you're familiar with the DC universe, that was a universe that there was an alternate dimension that... Uh, the Flash kind of transported to, and you, you saw this completely different version of Batman, Superman, all this other stuff. And at the end of that, that created the New 52 universe. I remember that. Um, with all yeah. these new DC characters, like the new Batman, the new mm-hmm. Superman, all those things. I remember that, yeah. Yeah. So Marvel is now kind of doing something similar with that aspect. Um, so a lot of people think this is huge, earth-shattering. It It is in a way, but at the same time, it's not. I mean, we've seen this already we'll see it again later on it's like Battlestar Galactica everything has occurred and will occur again um we've seen this type of reboot or whatever you want to call it happen in both the Marvel and DC universe so I'm not too worried about what's going to happen but uh you'll still have all your classic um comic book lines or series that you'll be able to refer to and read kind of like with when Star Wars again was acquired by Disney all the expanded universe content uh games comics books were all then discarded is not a good word to use but kind of discarded um for then they became known as legends so they could be referred to kind of like they were just a legend in the universe mm-hmm. um but going forward now with disney all the new stuff is in canon so same way with marvel here everything going forward after this event is all going to be in line and continuity in canon um, just kind of almost a reset, but at the same time, everything that occurred before still carries over to the characters that survived the Secret War. Huh. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I Like, for me, like, not being into comics, but, like, thinking about trying to get into it, yeah, I feel like, well, now I'll wait, and it'd be nice to start with a clean slate, like, knowing that there's, like, 20-plus years of comics so like and like all these different versions of all these characters it's nice to know that you know going forward there's going to be starting a new you know version of all of these uh, great characters so uh, it might be a good time for me to jump into comics yeah G- give it a shot i mean you can at least free comic book days in may and the secret wars number 0 will be the free comic from marvel so that would be a good, free, no-cost uh, jump-in point just to kind of see what's happening, uh, see if it's something that you want to get involved in. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Uh-oh, someone's yawning. <laughs> no, yeah, no. It sounded really excited. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll get around to looking at that. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, uh, let's transition into, I only have one thing on here that's kind of video game news-related, um, and that was that Micro had... Micro, Microsoft had their Windows 10 event this past week, and I I watched most of the conference. I kind of petered out towards the end because they were talking about the Holocam stuff, which was cool, but didn't apply to what I was wanting to know. Yeah, was um, that, did that look good? 
it it looked interesting um honestly it it's a huge feat what they've accomplished with what they're able to do with it mm-hmm. um and it's really kind of a game changer in a lot of ways for like graphic design and things um but at the same time it might be a little bit hard to use from what i see but she didn't have like any gloves or anything on when she was doing that demo, just the glasses and with her, her hand. So she was able to control it all by whatever. I don't know if it was like using some sort of connect type sensor in conjunction with it um, to get what her movements were, but it, it looks slick. It looks nice. Yeah, I wanted to check that out. I might need to go find that. I saw the pictures and I was like, ah. but then, you know, you can't ever sleep on Microsoft and these bigger companies, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, you can't. Because, I mean, their R&D stuff is... They're eight years ahead of what we're actually looking right. at now. So exactly, yeah. But with their Windows 10 event, they also um, announced a couple cool things with gaming stuff, and that is that that I took away. The Xbox A is going to be getting uh, an updated updated look in the actual Windows 10 interface. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're going to be changing it up a little bit, making it look a lot more like a game center, a lot more similar to the actual xbox one interface that we see now like with your friends activities and things like that which is really nice it's a really nice feature um if you have smart glass it looked a lot similar to the the look and feel of smart glass too so xbox is going to be having more of a prominent presence now on the pcs with windows 10 and um they and they've done this before with different iterations but they're doing it again and i'm hoping hopefully maybe this time it sticks they're doing cross-platform play between PCs and Xbox One, uh, starting with Fable Legends. Mm. Bring it on! Yeah, I I love hearing that kind of news. I hope you know some future. Hopefully, I'd like to see more uh, cross-platform games. Yeah. The only thing that's the only thing that scares me is I feel like as being an old-school PC gamer, and so this might just be nostalgia talking, but I think that mouse and keyboard will always be faster than controller. That's true, and I think that's the reason why they're maybe using um, Fable Legends, is because it they're uh, are you guys familiar with what Fable Legends is? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. from the A Fable games, right? Yeah. Well, okay, yeah, Fable. It's in the Fable universe, mm-hmm. um, but this particular game, what it's really made for is there's a game mode where it's kind of three on one, so you and your party. Of, of heroes are trying to go through this um we'll call it scenario or maze that a fourth person has set up and has traps and has things that they throw at you as you go through it um and, and that's kind of like a, either the tower defense or the rts side of things so you're trying to stop these heroes from going through it if you're the person who's kind of setting everything up and then you're the heroes trying to get through it so being the person who's on the pc maybe as the the villain we'll say uh, controlling the scenario, I could see that being um, like a mouse and keyboard kind of thing that makes that actually more easy to control. Whereas if you're going through on your controller on the actual hero side, trying to go through it, that kind of makes a lot of sense too because you're playing with the controller to get through it. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying if they bring more and more, if they do this more and more, then like if this happens on the next Call of Duty, oh I f- yeah, I feel like a controller guy versus a keyboard and mouse guy doesn't stand a chance. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see if Call of Duty or something like that or Halo ever kind of takes the uh, cross-console uh, versus kind of thing. 
Um, that'd be really neat. Yeah, definitely. But the other cool thing that I wanted to touch on out of this event, and then I'll shut up, I swear, um, <laughs> is that they can now, or not now, but they will be able to stream uh, Xbox One games from your Xbox to your PC. Mm-hmm. So let's say that um, you have one TV or you have someone who's watching TV and you really want to play a game. You really want to play Forza or Halo or something. And you go over to your computer, like maybe you're going to your office into another room where you have your laptop there. You can just pull it up and stream it to your laptop or to your computer, whatever it is, and play your Xbox One game. Um, I think that's pretty cool. So it's it's very similar to, obviously, what um, the Wii U has with the Wii Gamepad or the PS4 with the Vita uh, remote play. But from what I'm reading, it's only on the same network right now. So I don't. Uh, I, I doubt you'll be able to stream from your laptop if you're out in LA from your Xbox in Illinois. Um, I I don't think they're going to have the infrastructure to support that off the bat, if ever. Um, but you can supposedly do that with the Vita, I believe, yeah. uh, and PS4, right? It's yeah. pretty choppy though, if I could say so nope. myself. Yeah. I nope. I'm curious, how, even it being on the same network, just how how well it'll work or how good it'll look. Because even on my same network with my Vita and my PS4, sometimes it works perfectly, like flawlessly, and sometimes it's choppy in my own network. So I, w- I would be curious, like, and I would like to see, you know, all platforms have something like this and it work really well. So I'd be interested to see how well Microsoft can pull it off. You know, I've thought mm-hmm. about the Vita too, and maybe the PS4, I have no idea, but I don't feel like the wireless cards are that strong. And so I feel like I feel like that's probably like part of the problem. Oh, it, it, I think it absolutely is because uh, I mean I could barely play. I mean I, I've got decent uh, uh, network speeds, you know, with my uh, internet mm-hmm. and uh, wirelessly on the PS4. Like downloads are just crawling, and I'm I'm getting a quarter of what my actual speeds are through my network. For I, sure. I plugged it in, you know, the Ethernet cord, and it's, you know, it's blazing fast again. And so there's something weird going on with that card, that wireless card in there. Totally agree. But I love hearing that uh, the Xbox is bringing that to the uh, the PCs. I think that'll be great. I, I hate that I would have to probably bump up to Windows 10, but because um, I, I didn't go to 8. And so, you know. What are you going to do? And yeah. who knows what happened with nine? <laughs> we don't know if they just can't count or <laughs> what's going on. We don't talk about yeah, nine exactly. around here. Yeah, exactly. The uh, redheaded stepchild. Yeah. Uh-huh. But at least you can, if you have Windows 7 or Windows 8, you can get a free upgrade to 10 for the first, if you upgrade within the first year anyway. Oh, seven, oh really? 7 and 8 are getting a free? Yeah. Oh, see, that's, I think that's a pretty good deal. I mean, that's oh, pretty awesome. Yeah, I have 7. I'll, I'll upgrade for free. Shoot. Yeah. I think, I think most people have 7 by now, so that's... That's pretty actually generous. I mean, they must be really wanting to be pushing this new uh, thing out if they're letting Seven get it for free. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They always want to push it up because, I mean, I work in the IT world and nobody in my environment went to Windows Eight. Obviously, we didn't want to go that path because it's just not friendly for enterprise. Seven is so. We we didn't we went from XP to Seven. And we'll probably go to 10 or maybe see what happens after 10. But we didn't move off of XP, and there's still some XP environments in our, or XP systems in our environment. Wow. But 
they stopped support for XP officially. Um, it was either last April or maybe it's this April. I can't I remember. It was last last year, yeah, or yeah, okay. a year ago from now. So I'm. Uh, when I was watching this conference, they said that this is geared more towards the enterprise. This version of Windows. So we'll see how it how it actually does. I'm actually planning on installing this weekend uh, the the Windows 10 test uh, that they released, the test environment. Uh, I'm going to install it on my Mac, on my Parallels, so I can just check it out. Nice. And then when does the actual thing drop? They haven't announced a date for it yet. Um, so I would assume uh, kind of like the June-July time frame mm-hmm. uh, if, they, if they get it out this year. Um, otherwise... It might might be pushed off until next year, or maybe we just don't see ten and we just see eleven out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> it has happened before. Yep. All right. Well, that's all the news that I have to cover. Anything else you want to cover, Justin? I just want to bring up one thing. I should have brought it up earlier with uh, when we're talking about football. But have you guys seen this bad lip reading NFL video? Oh yes. Oh, Hilarious! Oh, I thought I, I was laughing my butt off. I I watched it today at work, and I watched it again uh, when I got home. I, I thought it's hilarious. You, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's pretty funny. I think. It, yes, it's I think hilarious. it's. They've done it in the past. I think this is like they have a whole channel of stuff that's hilarious. Oh, is it okay? Yeah, so uh, go check it out. I, this one's getting a lot of publicity, I think, because they released it just before the Super Bowl. But it's it's flipping hilarious. So. Hmm. Awesome. Well, with that, how about we move into our entertaining thoughts? Fantasy Seven for for most of you who are familiar with uh, PlayStation, you're familiar with Final Fantasy Seven. Um, and just just for those of you who aren't, and for those of you who have not been playing this game, you know, extensively in the past almost twenty years, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you a brief overview of the plot and of the characters involved. Um, and obviously, this is a huge game, so this game is uh, almost two hundred hours long to beat. So this plot summary will obviously miss some things, um, and it will also be a little long. So uh, let's go ahead and get into that. As far as the characters, there are nine main playable characters in Final Fantasy VII, uh, and they include Cloud Strife, an unsociable mercenary who claims to be a former first-class member of Shinra's soldier unit. Mm-hmm. Barrett Wallace the leader of the anti-Shinra rebel group Avalanche. Mm-hmm. And, you should Tifa, no, and, and you should note, too, that Cloud is the main character. That's oh yeah. who you are. Cloud, Cloud's who you play as throughout the majority of this game. Tifa, or Tifa, Lockhart, a martial artist and member of Avalanche, also a childhood friend of Cloud's. Aerith Gainsborough, a flower merchant who's been pursued by Shinra's special operations unit, the Turks, since her childhood. 
Red 13, a wise, lion-like creature who was experimented on by Shinra scientists. Kate Sith, a fortune-telling robotic cat who rides an animated Moogle doll. Everybody loves Don't him. Don't be afraid to edit that uh, last guy out of our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one played as him, so it's okay. <laughs> He's the most you know, ridiculous sounding character of all time. That's so weird. And there's a freaking lion in this game, and he's still the uh, weirdest <laughs> creature in the game. Oh, man. That lion, he's my man. Yes. I always oh, have yeah. him in my party. <laughs> Sid Highwind, a pilot who dreams of being the first man in outer space, were not realized. Mm-hmm. Yuffie Kisaragi. Oh, can I throw a, a thing in about Sid? I'm sorry. Yeah. I keep interrupting. Go for it. Um, just for useless knowledge, there's a Sid in every Final Fantasy. And there's also a Biggs and Wedge in every Final Fantasy as well. There you have it. Except they weren't playable in this game. No. they And they both died, I think, in the first act. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. Yuffie Kisaragi. I think I'm saying her last name right. A young ninja and skillful thief. She steals all your materia. Mm-hmm. And Vincent Valentine, a former member of Shinra's Turks unit, who was experimented on 30 years prior to the start of the game. The game's main antagonist is Sephiroth, a former member of Soldier who appears, who reappears after several years where everybody thought he was dead. Mm-hmm. So those are our characters. Who was your favorite? Oh. Oh. My favorite like character... like picking children? <laughs> like, I know. Uh, I don't want to tell the others, but uh, you're my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, Cloud aside, obviously, um, I always had a soft spot for Vincent mm-hmm. and Yuffie. Mm-hmm. Even though Yuffie is irritating at certain points in the game when she steals all your materia and just runs away, she's actually a pretty interesting character. But Vincent, being his whole being a vi- uh, a vampire before it was cool kind of thing and <laughs> just his whole his limit breaks were completely different from all the other guys he was always one of my top guys too that i had with me so it'd probably be a, a, a tie um, between yuffie and vincent for my second place but my first place red 13 nice mm-hmm. yeah well, and Red Thirteen, we'll talk about, but he's he's got a pretty big story. Like that's part of the actual game, so you get to know a lot of his background, like as the actual storyline. So I think you kind of have to side with him a little bit as one of the. I mean, Cloud's my favorite character, of course. Uh, you know, he's just the main character, and he's so interesting. But you mean Zach? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then yeah, Red Thirteen. So. I, but I think it's interesting you said Yuffie and Vincent because I know Vincent for sure. You can go the whole. I the, my first playthrough when I was a kid, yeah. I I never had him. I Don't didn't know he. Him. I didn't know he existed until years later when I you know started using the internet and was like, oh wait, hey, there's Who, I'm missing some people. Who's this guy mm-hmm. that got his own game? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What is Dirge of Cerberus? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, I think Yuffie, I, I don't know if you like eventually have to have her join, but I know it's for a while it's optional at least. Mm-hmm. And she has a cool weapon too that makes me kind of like her a little bit. Yeah. 
but she's she's funny because like whenever you went up to her in a game, she's always like, Ugh. <laughs> you know, like when she's on the high oh, end yeah, or whatever. Yeah. She's like, always sick. Yeah, she's always fun. sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what I, about you, Gabe? I think mine was Vincent as well. I'm glad to hear you say that because I really liked Vincent. Uh, number one because he was optional, but number two, I thought he was just freaking cool. Like, because mm-hmm. w- w- you know, back then. Back in the day, for us old folks, you had to kind of use your imagination a little bit when it came to these games because the graphics weren't to where they are now. You know, you had to imagine them with hands running around pretty much. And so, um, imagine what the fingers look like. Exactly. And so, Vincent, for some reason, you know, he could fly. And uh, I just thought, I don't know, there was something really cool about that character. And then I feel like they tried to recreate him, I think, in 10 with the guy that kind of had his arm in his coat the whole time. I think that was 10 uh, or um, or on or yeah. 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 In a yeah. different final fantasy and, and try to like recapture that coolness. And I thought Vincent was just the dopest. And I mean, to get your own game, you know, that's pretty dope too. Mm-hmm. Did any of you play that game by the way? Dirge? Yeah. No, 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 no. I did. You did. No. How was it? I mean, I heard it was terrible. Yeah. How was it? <sighs> okay. All right. Uh, exactly. <laughs> and moving on. Right. I heard it was uh, awful. It, it, it's worth playing just for the story of it, but the gameplay wasn't really that great. But I, from what I remember, and I only played through it once, is that it is a an over the shoulder third person view mm-hmm. um, a shooter game. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it just it didn't feel like Final Fantasy, and yeah, it expanded on the character of Vincent a bit, but. I mean, for the most part, it just didn't do it for me. And I think, if I remember correctly, this game takes place before he goes to sleep in the the dungeon that you find him in Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, I could be wrong about that. Yeah, that makes sense. However you say it. But yeah, it was interesting. There was one part I remember uh, uh, that there was you're fighting this boss or something and you had just gotten a second gun so you're like dual wielding so it was like independently pulling the triggers and that was kind of neat but that's about the only thing i remember <laughs> well, wow uh, yeah that's a lot and i was being a huge final fantasy fan i was looking forward to that uh, i was looking forward to crisis core you know advent children everything that all kind of came out around that same time oh, frame yeah. and only thing missing was the 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 remake, you know? <laughs> right. Exactly. We're still waiting for that. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's never going to happen, man. I'm so sad about that. Like, it really does break my heart a little bit. I know. That they'll never do it. Oh, God. It's one of those things. It's, it's the MacGuffin that we're never going to get. <laughs> I have no idea what that is, but I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let me go into the story. Which is a little now, confusing. <laughs> yeah, so I was reading through this earlier. I had to reread a couple things. I'm sure I'll flip up here, but make sure if I say something wrong, you're like, wait, hold up. Just let me know. <laughs> okay. Because, again, this thing is a, a decent-sized summary, so. <laughs> nice. I'm ready for All it. All right. <clears throat> the game begins with Cloud Strife, working as a mercenary for hire, helping the eco-terrorist group Avalanche raid against the Mako reactors surrounding the Shinra-governed city of Midgar. Mm-hmm. Barrett, the group's leader, believes the Mako energy reactors consume the planet's lifeblood, and Shinra's reactors are killing the planet. Cloud's childhood friend, Tifa, 
is also in the group. Although the first mission is successful, Avalanche is ambushed at the next reactor and subsequent raid. When the reactor explodes, Cloud drops down into Midgar's slums. He is found by Aerith, also known as Eris, depending on which game you want to refer to. Yeah, why is that again? Why is she a TH in one game and an S in one game? I don't know. Uh, Localization at its finest? Is that what it was? (laughs) I think so. Because for some reason, when you read her name at first, I was like, that's not right. But I don't remember why I think it's with a TH. That's interesting. So in the game itself, hold on a second here. I thought in the actual game it was TH. Yeah, Aerith, right? Yeah. And then for somewhere along the way, I think maybe one of like the Japanese version or maybe the PC version, it got translated to Eris. And then when they re-released it, because oh, they kind of re-released it on like PSP and all that as a PS1 classic. I wonder if that was Eris. It's, it probably is Aerith. Because most of the, in the rest of the summary, it, it refers to her as Aerith. Uh, just this one time as Eris. Gotcha. So... Continuing, a girl he met briefly selling flowers at his first mission with Avalanche. Prompted by the arrival of the Turks, who had been sent to capture Aerith, Cloud agrees to act as her bodyguard and defends her from the assault. Meanwhile, Shinra learns the location of Avalanche's hideout in Sector 7, and subsequently destroys it by dropping the upper plate of Sector 7 onto the slums, killing its entire population. The Turks also capture Aerith, who is revealed to be in the last surviving Serta, an ancient, near-dead tribe closely attuned to the planet. President Shinra and Professor Hojo believe Aerith is the key to finding the Promised Land, a mythical land of fertility. They see this as an abundant source of Mako. The remaining Avalanche members, Cloud, Barrett, and Tifa, Initiate Shinra, infiltrate Shinra, and rescue Aerith, in the process encountering a specimen simply labeled Genova. Joined by Red 13, a sentient tiger-like creature on whom Hojo had been conducting experiments, the party rescues Aerith, but is captured by the Turks, while trying to escape and being detained within the building. In the morning, they find their cells open, and most of the personnel including President Shinra, killed. The perpetrator appears to be Sephiroth, a legendary soldier leader who was presumed dead several years ago. The group discovers that the Genova specimen is also missing, presumed stolen by Sephiroth. That's the first paragraph. Yowzers. (laughs) Do you remember, like, just, like, going through the play, um, because we're past this part now, but when they leave Midgar. Have we left Midgar in your explanation yet? I don't think we have. Uh, not quite. We're getting close. But, so, <laughs> there's this huge storytelling moment that Cloud goes through in that very first city you get to. Yeah, Do you remember yeah. that? And yeah. it was just forever long. And I remember seeing it and reading it and blah, blah, blah. You're reading everything. There's no voice acting. And then, uh, for some reason, I think I turned my PlayStation off. <laughs> without saving oh, no. I had to go back through that bad boy all over again and that thing takes forever 
And this is back in the day, kids, when you couldn't just save willy-nilly. You actually had save spots, and you had to have a thing called a memory card. Yeah, you had a memory card. It there wasn't was no, built in. There was no such thing as autosave. And you, <laughs> yeah, I, that is such a big part of my childhood is, is telling my mom, wait, mom, I have to find a save point. Yeah, you don't understand the gravity of the situation. Exactly. It's like, no, we cannot leave the house, or I have to leave this PlayStation running. I have to find a save point, Mom. <laughs> I actually recorded the end of this because my mom was calling me for dinner and wouldn't have me. She she wouldn't let me sit and watch the end of this game, so I put it in a recording or a video cassette to record the end. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. Okay, continue. Awesome. I'm sorry to break your mind. Okay. <clears throat> While the president's son, Rufus Shinra, assumes control of the company, the party leaves Midgar and pursues Sephiroth across the planet. They are joined by Kate Sith, a cat robot secretly controlled by repentant Turk Reeve Tuseki. Yuffie Kisaragi, a teenage ninja from Wutai. Mm-hmm. Vincent Valentine, a former Turk. And Sid Highwind, a chain-smoking pilot. I love that that's their description of him, a chain-smoking pilot. <laughs> that's it, yeah. <laughs> I loved him. Golly, he was a great character. Yeah, he was a great character. At a certain damaged... At a Serta temple, the party encounters Sephiroth, who reveals his plan. If the world is significantly damaged, the life stream made of pure Mako energy will gather in an attempt to heal the wound. Sephiroth intends to use the legendary Black Materia to cast a spell called Meteor to cause a massive injury, enabling him to merge with the planet's Mako energy and be reborn as a god. So wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me this is what you are t- you're naming me at the beginning of the show? <laughs> yes, I, sir. I'm the legendary Black Materia. I call- that's right. I, 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 I'm going to pretend that's, that's a compliment, but I'm pretty sure it's an insult. <laughs> uh, Couldn't have gone with I, Ruby I, or Emerald, nothing like that? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it could have. That would have been great. Ruby, Emerald, and uh, what was the other one called? Uh, I think there was just Ruby and Emerald, right? Oh, there were four total. Omega was uh, uh, that's the right, Omega. One. And, uh, oh yeah, and then there was just like the first one that went down like a punk. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, so that that's his convoluted plan was to, to be reborn as a god because of all this stuff. So <clears throat> continuing, the party drives off Sephiroth, acquiring the black materia. But Sephiroth manipulates Cloud into giving him the materia. That was the weirdest part of the game. I remember I being so mad. I'm like, what are you doing? This what, is what did we just do here? Why didn't you do that? Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. it was one of those things where like you could hold back, but you couldn't like you you would stop your you would stop Cloud from moving. But as soon as you let go of a button, he'd keep walking. It was just like, <laughs> it's like it's like is this game broken? Why why am I, why can't I do this? Yeah. <laughs> How many controllers do you think were replaced because of that? <laughs> right, exactly. <clears throat> While the party recovers from the encounter, Aerith sets off to stop Sephiroth on her own, following him into an ancient Setra, Serta city. C-E-T-R-A. Setra. Setra city. Yeah. Sorry. My bad. I've been pronouncing it as a mantras. <laughs> <clears throat> the party follows and finds Aerith praying for the planet's aid. Oh, man. Here it Just comes. as they reach her, Sephiroth kills her. Spoiler. I know. Yeah. Uh, spoiler warning. All, all, all the feels right there, man. All the feels. Yeah. I, I mean, real quick. That point, I mean, 
Oh gosh. That's like one of the biggest moments like in any game I've ever played to this day still. So I mean, it was just crazy. I remember watching it when I was a kid. I was like, what? I feel like that was mm-hmm. before people were killing main characters off. Like that was. I, I wasn't ready for that in my life. That was where George R. R. Martin takes his uh, his <laughs> yeah, ideas from. His I think. inspiration, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's so funny too. That part got spoiled for me in the cafeteria oh, in high school, and I was uh, like, that's... and they're like, "Are you to the part where Ares dies yet?" And I was like, "What? How, how, how do you lead with that?" I, right. I was like, "I'm gonna stab you in the throat with my fork, <laughs> and I'm gonna go to jail, and they're not gonna understand that it's totally warranted." <laughs> oh, that's horrible. It was terrible. I was so mad. And then it's hard to care. You know what I'm saying? You're like, so I've been leveling her up because you meet. she's the first character you meet, pretty much. And so, you know, ugh. And isn't it weird that you get her final weapon after she dies? Yeah, you're like, why even give this to us? And then there was all those rumors. I don't know, because the internet wasn't all like that yet. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it was around. But, you know, there was all these rumors of how you could bring her back to life and if you went back to the church where she was growing her flowers remember there was a glitch where she would show up for like two frames yeah mm-hmm. it was like and a ghost, ghost image of her yeah and and you're like oh my gosh this is she's gonna come back no 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 between her being resurrected and being able to play as zach i mean those are the yeah exactly. <laughs> those the are the ones rumors going around yeah yeah in crisis so, core anyway Cloud kills. Oh, that. Ah, wait, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> after after going crazy watching this scene, Cloud, <laughs> yeah. Cloud takes out the Buster Sword, which he's not using at this point in the game anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. This is after he's dressed up as a woman <laughs> in a brothel. <laughs> that that whole scene, man, that was just that was weird, right? I mean, I wasn't the only one. Like, why are we doing this? I was like, oh, that's right, it's a Japanese game. Yeah, yeah. There you I go. think I was, I think I was a little too young at the time, like playing it. Like, I didn't quite under, I didn't understand. I was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> I played it later, and that's when I really realized, like, this is really weird. <laughs> yeah, this is a little jacked up. <laughs> uh huh. And and before you go in there, there's like the bouncer that admits you, and he's like, oh, and because you have Aerith with you too at that point, and he's like, oh, your friend's hot too. Yeah. <laughs> what the world? Like, like what? this is getting what, crazy. What game is this rated again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Continuing. No, no worries. I'm bad at this <clears throat> game. Cloud and his allies track Sephiroth to the North Crater. During their journey, they find out that Genova is an interstellar creature who crashed on the planet roughly 2,000 years ago, mm-hmm. intent on taking over completely. Attempting to defend itself, the planet created giant monsters called weapons. While most humans fled, the Cetra managed to defeat Genova and entomb its remains. A few decades before the present, the remains of, Jehovah, of Genova <laughs> were unearthed, by Professor Gast, a researcher for Shinra, making Genova for a Serta, Sutra, mm-hmm. good lord, these words. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> making Genova for a Setra, mistaking Genova for a Setra. There we go. <laughs> I, I was I, like, I, what I is messed he up on the making? easiest word in that little bit. <laughs> <laughs> mistaking Genova for a Setra, Gast attempted to clone Genova, assisted by Hojo. Even though Gast abandoned the project, Hojo successfully managed to use his assistant's unborn child 
for the experiment. The baby was Sephiroth. Mm -hmm. Approximately five years before the present day, while on a Shinra mission on Cloud, with Cloud, to Cloud's ex uh, Antifa's hometown, Nibelheim. Nibelheim? I always said Nebelheim because it's kind of spelled like Jerusalem, or I mean Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, okay. because it was like similarly spelled like Bethlehem, I just always, always thought it was like Nebelheim. Nebelheim. But we'll go with that. Who knows? <laughs> it, I always pronounce it as Nibelheim. I don't think that was right either. Yeah, it would be German. <laughs> Nibelheim. Yeah, Nibelheim. <laughs> uh, Sephiroth encountered Hojo's failed test subjects and learned of his origins. Mistakenly believing that Genova and he were Setra, he was driven insane and destroyed Nibelheim, Nibelheim <laughs> as an act of vengeance on the normal human population. Cloud and Tifa confronted Sephiroth during the massacre, after which Sephiroth vanished, presumed dead, until his reappearance in the present day. Mm -hmm. That's the second paragraph is over now. <laughs> there's only, at least there's only four paragraphs, so we're halfway through. Was this confusing to anyone else at their age? That, uh, like, when I was playing this game, I was like, all right, I care, but I'm starting to not understand why I care anymore. Honestly, until I read this plot summary, I didn't realize that the Genova was an alien that came intent on taking over the Earth. Well, yeah. I, I remember them saying that it was a Cetra or a Serta or a Cetra that that was, <laughs> and they were supposed to rule the Earth. Weren't the Cetra supposed to rule the Earth? Yeah, cool. that's why Sephiroth was like wanting to take over because he was like, I'm supposed to rule or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember anyway. being an alien either, but. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. But I do definitely but those remember monsters this, look like aliens. I, I feel like everybody who played the game, especially at a young age, remembers the scene where he kind of rips Genova out of that thing. And all well, that wasn't even Genova. That was just like the casing in front of her. Yeah, the and casing. And then she in was front actually behind it. Right. I remember being like, this is impressive. Because, you know, that uh -huh. opening sequence and stuff like that, that full motion video that they would add was like the bangingest thing anybody had seen yet, you know? Mm hmm. Oh, yeah, it was the best. But yeah, I, I don't think I, I like a couple of years ago I was replaying in this game, uh, and that's when I finally realized all these years later I was like, oh, like, I didn't I didn't understand any of the Zach stuff, any of the uh, Genova stuff. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand literally any of any of it, yeah. and like even some of the Zach stuff I didn't I I've been I'm playing it again right now on my Vita, and. I finally got a little bit more, I understood a little bit more just like a couple weeks ago. Right. All right. You guys ready to continue on to the second half? Mm-hmm. All right. When the party reaches the northern crater to confront Sephiroth for killing Aerith, they learn that Sephiroth was one of the multiple Genova clones that Hojo had created from both animals and humans. Upon reaching Sephiroth, who has been killing and absorbing the Genova clones to instigate a reunion of Genova cells, mm -hmm. he manipulates Cloud into helping him cast Meteor. Then he states that Cloud is one of the Sephiroth clones, showing him memories of Nibelheim with the incident with a black-haired soldier in Cloud's place. The summoning of Meteor activates the planet's weapons. During the subsequent earthquake, Cloud is separated from his companions and falls into the life stream. The rest of the party, and the Turks that had followed them into the crater, escape onto the airship, the High Wind, 
where the party members are placed under arrest. As Meteor approaches the planet, the weapons turn on humanity in an attempt to return as much Mako energy into the livestream as possible to aid the planet. Shinra focuses its efforts on protecting humanity from the weapons and attempting to destroy Meteor directly, hmm. which eventually costs the lives of the majority of Shinra's personnel. Tifa, Barrett, and others are sentenced to be executed, but they escape. They find a, cat- a catatonic cloud at a hospital in a tropical resort where he washed up following the events of the North Crater. Tifa stays behind to help Cloud recover, while the rest of the party continues their fight against Shinra. This is when you realize in the game that you've been leveling up all the wrong people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because, like, for me, like, I had an affinity for Tifa because she was, like, Cloud's, you know, girl, you know, like, mm-hmm. buddy. And then, obviously, you're leveling up Cloud, and you're probably leveling up Baird at this point. Some people like me level up Aerith, and that was ended up being a waste of time. And then now you're <laughs> left playing with all the other characters because... Tifa stays behind with Cloud, and Cloud's in the hospital, and you're still battling with all these other underdeveloped characters, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that was just me. <laughs> no, I mean, I think I had a similar experience with that, too, because obviously you, you only have three characters, so I always had probably Tifa and Cloud and uh, Red 13 prior to that point. So Red 13 was probably my only guy that actually knew what to do with right, that. Right, right, exactly. Okay. Um, where am I? Okay, so Tifa stays behind to help Cloud recover, while the rest of the party continue their fight against Shinra. An attack by the weapons destroys the island, and Cloud and Tifa both fall in the life stream. There, Tifa helps Cloud reconstruct his memories and learns the truth about his past. So, there's the end of that paragraph. Last paragraph, here we go. It is revealed that Cloud is, was not accepted into Soldier, and that the Soldier in Sephiroth's visions was Aerith's first love and Cloud's friend, Zack Fair. Mm-hmm. The two were present during the Nibelheim incident, with Cloud managing to fatally wound Sephiroth, and who only survived through Genova's cells. Zack and Cloud were severely wounded, and later taken and used by Hojo to perfect, perfect his Soldier and Genova experiments. Zack tried escaping with Cloud, but was killed by Shinra soldiers. Cloud recovered, took Zack's sword, and made his way to Midgar. Cloud's own aspirations to soldier, and Zack's memories and stories combined, with the help of the Genova treatment to create a false personality. Mm -hmm. Realizing and accepting his past, Cloud is able to recover. After Cloud and Tifa emerge from the life stream, emerge from the life stream, the party regroup and learn that Aerith, in her final moments, was attempting to use the white materia to cast the spell Holy, the only means of opposing Meteor. It turns out she was successful in casting the spell, but Sephiroth had been preventing its release. The group decides to first stop the rampage of the weapons. Alongside this, the party confront Hojo, revealed to be Sephiroth's father, as the scientist attempts to aid his son by feeding Mako energy to him. After mutating himself with Genova cells, he is killed in combat. After this, the launch of their final assault, they launch their final assault on Sephiroth, who is defeated by Cloud after a series of battles. 
The party escapes from the crater as Holy is released. Holy attempts to block Meteor under Midgar, but Meteor has drawn too close for Holy to combat it alone. Just before Meteor's impact, the life stream rises from the planet to aid Holy in destroying Meteor. 500 years later, Red 13 is seen with two cubs looking out over the ruins of Midgar, which are now covered in greenery, showing that the planet has healed. <clears throat> Time for a coffee break. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, did that bring back some memories for you guys? Yes, sir. Oh, absolutely. Though, I think the one thing, like, weird thing is, like, it's crazy, like, having, like, yeah, that, like, four paragraphs of uh, summer. Like, it seems like a lot, but there's so much more in this game. Oh, yeah. It's like, like, if, you know, I mean, you have to to try to describe the overall plot, but, like, there's so many more moments that I loved, and it's just crazy how much content this game had. Right. They didn't even mm-hmm. mention Chocobo anywhere in there. No. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah that, that was getting, you know, like trying to figure out how to get a black Chocobo and, or a gold Chocobo. <laughs> yeah, a gold or, Chocobo, yeah. Who, yeah, the gold Chocobo. Yeah. It's like, oh, I, you know, all that stuff is crazy. All the different summons that you could get, like Knights of the Round and all the different Bahamuts. Yes. Yeah. I, oh, my gosh. I, I mean, I still, I, I've got a game going on my Vita that I'm going to try to do some of that stuff. But, like, I still to this day have never gotten to, like, that secret island. You and, never got uh, Knights of the Round? No. Oh, man. No, I've never been there. Oh my gosh, you're you're missing out on 15 minutes of greatness. Knights though. of the Round, like it's to me as somebody who got Knights of the Round from the first time I ever played through it, it's an it's an amazing thing to me to think that you beat the game without having Knights of the Round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I, is I that mean, summon is like that and mimic or mime or whatever it's called is like instrumental was instrumental for me beating the game. That's, yeah, that's another thing. As I, I, I don't know how I beat this game either. Like, especially I, I was pretty young. You know, I was, uh, you know, elementary school. You know, mm-hmm. when this game, when I had this game, I think. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. Yeah, I didn't use any of the weird materia combinations to. I was just like battling it out. I don't know how I did it. That's but, incredible. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to. I'm I'm playing through it, and I, I want to find all the stuff that I missed out on. I mean, that's just how big this freaking game was. Right. Mm-hmm. Three discs, man. Gosh, I'd seen you never seen you hadn't seen anything like it at the time. You know what I mean? You had never seen yeah. a three disc game. You know, it came in such a thick case, and you're like, and it broke all kind of records when it came out. And so it's mm-hmm. just so crazy. It's 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 a crazy look back, and it's so interesting that there's such a fever. Like people want this game so badly again, and I think a lot of it's nostalgia, unfortunately. Um, but like when they presented the PlayStation three, I don't know if you guys remember this, but the, oh, yeah. w- when the they did demo? the tech demo and what they used was the intro for final fantasy seven, they completely remade it with the power of the PlayStation and the crowd goes crazy because you think that's what's coming. Like they finally did it because for those that don't know, Final Fantasy VII came out on the PlayStation 1. So we've skipped the PlayStation 2, had that whole generation of Sony just ruling gaming, and then PlayStation 3 comes out, and that's the first thing they show. And people went nuts. And I remember going nuts. I was like, oh, my gosh, they're going to do it. They're going to... Oh, I did too, yeah. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) They did. And to this day, they're still trolling us. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That's what it feels like. 
that was the worst thing though when they did that was that the playstation experience where they were like in final fantasy 7 the crowd goes wild and it's just the a PC re-release port. of the pc port yeah. why do that like i mean i know it's because because it'll make a little bit of money but like i'm not buying that like i'm yeah. not succumbing and buying that be true to yourself you're gonna buy that i'm not buying that <laughs> I mean, so here's my thing. So like, Final Fantasy VII was a huge hit. Everyone, everyone knows about it. I mean, how many people do you think? Because like, I'm I haven't played a Final Fantasy game in a while now. Right. I don't enjoy them anymore. They're yeah. they're different. It's just a different game now. Mm-hmm. Seven's the only one I ever beat. I think. Yeah, I I, I enjoyed seven, eight, and nine. Those were all. You know, that was my era. You it know, was eight I good. It. I started eight and couldn't get eight. with it because the graphics were. It felt like they were trying to push it. <laughs> Eight, it, eight was weird. It, it wasn't okay, that great of a okay, game. That's, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, nine was a very good game. I, if if you haven't played that, and you, especially with your Vita, I have I played. I have played a bit of nine, but I haven't played. You know, I haven't played. Yeah, I like nine, nine, but I mean, seven was just like the pinnacle of that like era. It's like so. I know they'd have to spend million. I mean, it'd be it'd cost the same as much to remake this as a big budget, one of their other Final Fantasy games, right? Or the new right, ones, right? But I would be so much more interested in buying a remake than buying Final Fantasy fifteen that's coming out. Like I'm Amen. not interested in that game. I'm not Amen. interested in like and I think there's a lot of people like me out there that I think they'd get a bigger user base again Here, if they just recreated it. Here's a question. And I was just I don't know who I was talking to this about the other day. What if Square Enix and maybe you know, I don't know if they're not allowed to because they're a big company or whatever, but what if they did a Kickstarter? just to test the waters to see how much money they could drum up. Like, I think they could, I think they would get millions of dollars if they said we're, but we're who kickstarting. But who would support it? Because they know that they're not going to follow through. <laughs> I mean, come on. I know, but if you get, but if you look up and, because I, th- I think one of their fears is, uh, people say they want this, but they won't actually go out and rebuy it. Yeah. And, and so if they did a Kickstarter where, you know, like you look at like Cats Exploding right now, which is a Kickstarter card game that brought to you by a couple guys from like Valve, I think, and some other guys. And um, they asked for $10,000. In two days, they got $3.1 million for this wow. card game. They asked for ten grand, And so <laughs> I'm just trying to think like, okay, if Square came out and was like, we're going to do it, we're going to kickstart this thing, because then you have automatic sales, right when it releases and you know if they raise 25 million dollars it'd be hard not to do it yeah i i'm i'm yeah i support that crap yeah it's weird like because most people are really against big companies using kickstarter Mm -hmm. but like for this project yeah i would have so yeah i would absolutely do it if that's what it takes (laughs) i'll I'll plop down you know 60 dollars in a heartbeat for that you know if i can know fast If they if you they know, ask for a hundred dollars, I'd probably give it, and I'm cheap. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm the same way. I mean, I, I we're all there's so many people waiting for this. <laughs> yes. And, I mean, they must have realized this again when they did that uh, <clears throat> announcement with the remake coming out instead of or the PC remake. Like they must have realized like the outcry that everyone's like mad about that. Mm. Like, come on, get your stuff together. Give me that game. Right. So Nathan, how old were you? Uh, what time in your life were you when when you played this game? So this game out, this game came out in '97. I would have been 10 years old if I played it when it first came mm-hmm. out, which I don't believe I mm-hmm. did. But I know that I played it before eight came out. 
Um, so I would have just been maybe 10 or 11 by the time I played this. Um, and from what I remember, this is the first game, I think, that I can really remember playing on the PlayStation uh, after I got mm. it. Um, it was the games that I remember from the PlayStation era, which were my still two of my favorite games of all time, are Final Fantasy VII and Metal Gear Solid. Mm. And I know I played these pretty close to each mm. other. Um, and they were both like multi-disc games. So I was like, oh man, these multi-disc games are great. And I remember playing Spyro or something like that around that time too. So that kind of shows you where I was at as far as what I was playing. Um, but as a 10 or 11 year old, I mean, I was, I was blown away by what I saw as far as like the graphics, those FMVs. Oh my God. I, I took, I took those discs out and you could actually put it in your, in your and computer and get those FMVs and just keep watching them and watch yep. them. Sure could. I mean, those were the days before there was any sort of encoding, I guess, and everything was just out there. You could copy those games and play them just yeah, as easy, too. You couldn't burn them, really. You know, that technology wasn't that black... so uh, readily available at the time. Yeah. So I was about probably about 10 or 11, but this is one of the games that was definitely informative of, of me growing up and what I reference as far as, you know, pop culture for, for me back in the day. Definitely always going to have this. And Star Wars at my core. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm going to sound like a big old nerd because I was so much older than you guys, but I think I was a freshman in high school and uh, a freshman or a sophomore. Let's see, I graduated in 2000, so 97, probably a sophomore. But, um, and man, I just, I don't, I, it, I've, I attribute it to the game that got me back into gaming. It's because I've gamed my whole life. And so um, gaming wasn't anything new to me. But something about that game in particular really struck a chord with me and got me, and especially because it's so in-depth. Like, you're not going to play that game quickly, mm-hmm. like you said. I think I, I think I beat it in, I don't know, 92 hours or something like that, 98 hours. And that's a speed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and man, I, you know, outside of the whole air thing being spoiled for me in the cafeteria over tater tots, um, <laughs> the uh, that game just give me your tater exactly tots. Um, it just changed the way I looked at gaming, and I think brought me all the way back in. And I loved every minute of it. And it's one of those things where I I had it and then sold it and then got it for a present like the next mm-hmm. year and was happy about it. You know what I mean? It's one of those games that when I think of gaming and that's probably the reason why I really enjoy both metal gear and PlayStation or, and, uh, uh, final fantasy seven so much is because this is the first game I can remember that actually had really good storytelling. And it wasn't just repetitive jumping like Mario jumping across mm-hmm. things and you just trying to find a princess in either right. castle. And it wasn't a dungeon had, crawl either. It didn't feel like that. Yeah. On every level. You know? Yeah. So that's part of probably, probably for me, one of the biggest defining factors as to why this game has stuck with me yet, and still why I, I would love to see a remake of it, is because the story that I remember is the first story from a video game that has any merit that I can really think back to. Interesting. What about you, Justin? Uh, yeah, so I, I, was, I was probably, I think I was eight years or nine years old when this game came out. So I was young. I mean, mm-hmm. and to be honest, like the PlayStation was like, I mean, I, I had a Super Nintendo, and I, I think I remember playing a Nintendo when I was, like, really young. But, like, I had a few games on Super Nintendo, and, I you know, Super Mario World's, like, one of my favorite games of all. But, like, the PlayStation era is when I, like, I was like, oh, I love games. like mm-hmm. uh, And 
one of the first I, the first three games I had were uh, Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, and Final Fantasy VII. Wow. And I think it's because my uh, my dad had played the other games before, so he's like he knew what it was about, and so he got it, and I ended up playing it, and I don't think I knew exactly what was going on at the time. You know, I was pretty young, and uh, but I was just like addicted. I couldn't stop playing it. It was like that first game that like just draws hooks into me. And like ever since then, I I've been like, I've been chasing that Final Fantasy VII like, and honestly, like I've been chasing that like feeling ever since. With especially as far as like JRPGs go. Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I've I I I've remember like when the 360 came out and I got that. I was like, I'd Google like what's comparable on a 360 like to a Final Fantasy VII. Like <laughs> I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I want that. And you that never found again. it. <laughs> no, it, you know everything's so much different now, and it's like. But I still want that. I don't know. Uh, the only thing that came close to that for me was Lost Odyssey on the 360. <clears throat> it came close. Okay. I, yeah, I, I never got a chance to get that a try. By the time I did, it was like an older game, and I, I just didn't want to jump back to it. But yeah, it's just like I've I still haven't found it yet. Um, so I just think that's crazy. I mean, that was really informative for me. It was that was the start of the PlayStation era, and I, I had Final Fantasy VII, and I've played it probably. I don't know, probably six, seven times since. Yeah, yeah, I don't always finish it, but I'll get through majority of the game, and, like, I just love it. I love that beginning more than anything. I mean, I was just about to say that. Like, they mastered the beginning of that game. I mean, it was yeah. like that that got your hooks in so deep, and you were like, oh, my gosh, here we go. I mean, you know, from the from Aerith to the stars, into Midgard, from the, into the quick edits of the train, and then you're into a fight. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's wasted no time and and Cloud was so like, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're like, uh-huh. oh yeah, this is about to be awesome. And I love it. At the end of every battle, you always had a little bit of a satisfaction with the I mean, yeah. Was that in before that game? Because I know they kept it after that game, but was it always in there before that game? I don't know. I want to say so there was iterations. The first Final of, I played was that. Yeah, I want to say there was iterations of that in other games. Yeah, I'm not but. sure. I it's just like you singing that too, and like that is so ingrained in my head. It is <laughs> is it, it crazy. I mean, all the music really. I mean, that was another huge thing about. I think it was the first game I played where I was like, this music is awesome. It's perfect for mm. the moments that the music comes out. I mean, like. I, I'm not, you know, Nathan's a lot more into um, scores and stuff. I've never mm. been big into that stuff or that type of music. But, like, Final Fantasy VII music, that is the one stuff I'll always come back to. Like, I will listen to all the scores from that uh, game. Which, quite honestly, I can probably credit uh, Final Fantasy VII to being the hook that made me get into that type of music, honestly. Um, so... Nobu Yumetsu is the composer of the Final Fantasy VII games and quite a few other ones. Um, but he composed the, the MIDI arrangements that we had in the game. And then there were also some orchestral arrangements that you know I discovered later on that were just... Uh, that really got me listening to the depth of music and seeing what emotion music itself can carry. Because when you look... And Gabe, I mean, you work in music, you know the emotion that comes with music, especially when it's just like 
you know, brass, wind, mm. stringed instruments, they can they can evoke such emotions from you. And especially paired with, for instance, and I was listening to it today, uh, Aerith's theme, um, it brings back the little the little piano that do 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 yeah do do do. You know exactly what part of the game that's from and what's happening, and it still evokes the emotion that you that I first felt. You obviously may not have gotten that first that feeling because <laughs> you knew it was gonna come. But for me, it's that made me realize, I think, more than anything else, that music by itself, without anything else, can carry emotion and portray that emotion without any sort of spoken language. I could listen to it in America, someone could listen to it in Japan, and still we're listening to the same thing, hearing the same thing, and getting the same emotion without any language whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And that's probably, honestly... What made me listen to more classical music was Nobu Yumetsu's score for Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, that's powerful stuff, man. It, it's so crazy because you, you, you don't realize um, how powerful music can be in those instances until you watch some behind-the-scenes stuff on a movie and it's all gone. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, Shinmu was one of those games for me where the score, for some reason was like just a huge factor into why I love that game so much. And they had this just, and they had so many iterations of that, of the theme song from that. It's like this swirling, like, la da 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 And it's like, and they've done it, you know, there's the MIDI versions and there's the orchestra version and it's just so powerful. And I, that's what I always loved. And uh, from a kid, there used to be a, a show called The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest. And um, the opening the opening uh, theme song is just this huge orchestrated thing. And it just gets you freaking pumped before you even see anything. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what you're talking about. It's with just that buildup, man. Yeah. It's getting you ready. Mm-hmm. Love it. It's like, <laughs> and you know, Justin's a fan of this house of cards. Whenever we start watching an episode of that and that theme song kicks in, it just gets you ready for what you're going to see. <laughs> yeah. That was me with lost. Like just that. Oh, <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, bring it on, baby. Yeah, let me let my brain get twirled in a knot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's just so many. I mean, so many good things about this game. The story, the music. Uh, I think you know it seems like the timing in our lives for all of us when mm-hmm. we got to play this game. Uh, and another thing too, like. I, I loved seven. I love. I I liked eight, and I loved nine. The, though I play. I played through all three of those games. Mm-hmm. I have not played through a single Final Fantasy. I've played many of them, but I've never finished any of them since then. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's something to do with like, with Final Fantasy X. They introduced uh, voice acting, which was horrible. Right. Took and, away from your imagination. Yeah, I I, I like because I used to re- I used to read books when I was a kid too, and I don't do as much now, but like. That like all the imagination you get from, and it probably you know they're poorer graphics. Like yeah, you had to use a lot of imagination for how these characters looked, how they sounded, you know the cadence of how they talked. Like you just kind of put all that in your head, and uh, I think that was a big part of it for me. Is like I felt like I was like for instance, uh, for some reason, I've always called Sep- it's Sephiroth. Sephiroth? Sephiroth. I say Sephiroth. Because yeah, that I in the middle, yeah. For some reason, I don't know why, I don't, I've always called him Sephiroth, like with a B. <laughs> it's like, but like, 
to me, anytime I see him, it's Seb Roth. That's just, I don't know, you know, like One Winged Angel. Oh, that's Seb Roth's theme. I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, it's my, I always called him Sephiroth. Like, I always took the I out of the middle of his name, so I always called mm-hmm. him Sephiroth. Yeah. So it's like, it's, I don't know, there's a bunch of things about this game that, like, you could kind of make it your own in a little way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's what, like, I love most about this game, was being able to use my imagination for it. You know, and that's an interesting point, too, and I didn't really think of it, because anymore, I mean, we get awesome voice acting on any games that come out anymore, it seems. Mm-hmm. Like, whether it's The Last of Us or the Arkham games, it's just mm-hmm. the voice acting is top-notch anymore. But back when this game came out, like you said, there was no voice acting. So I think it would be interesting. When I, thinking back to what I always envisioned, like Barrett's voice sounding like, I always thought he'd be like a gruff guy. Yeah, of course. You know, he was always like, kind of voicing. And like, you know, Sid, he was always kind of like, because he was a smoker, I always always thought of him as like a kind of a raspy voice, Mm -hmm. kind of a little bit of a, of a, kind of like a chain smoker kind of voice. Um. Yuffie, I always thought of her as just like a, a typical teenage yeah, girl yeah, yappy, type yeah. thing. Uh-huh. Um, but what what did you guys think? Like, was there any character that you can remember that you you always attribute a particular kind of cadence or sound to their voice? Yeah, I think you nailed it. I mean, those those are the guys that jump out because I feel like those are the guys that would have mo- the most character to their voice. Like, I always thought of Vincent with an uh, uh, for some with an accent, like. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's English or whatever, like I always thought of him as like a proper gentleman kind of thing. And uh, but yeah, you're right. Just with um, with Barrett and all those guys and just the deep manly kind of thing. And I thought the same for Red 13 um, mm-hmm. because he was, you know, a dog or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that was such a weird thing, too. Like I remember I remember seeing that first time I was like, wait, why, why is it just accepted that he's just talking to us? And <laughs> yeah. and like that's gr- not weird. Yeah, and his grandpa is human, but he's not. And his grandpa's, <laughs> but maybe his his grandpa's got a hover. Yeah, well, wow. that's <laughs> never explained. He's just floating around. I don't know. Yeah, so but many then his weird dad things. was a great warrior, and his yeah, dad was so a, many weird a lion. things. So I'm yeah. guessing he was a lion too. But yeah. he never came across as a lion to me. I don't know why. But uh, I mean, and another thing is like I remember, like because you don't get as good uh, in-game ca- uh, character models. I remember like staring at the bios that were in the uh, the hand, the book that came within the case. Mm-hmm. I remember just like staring, reading over the bios, because th- those were a little bit higher definition, uh, you know, images of those characters. So like I got those in my head of, you know, that's what I was actually seeing on the screen, even though it looked yeah. nothing like that. Exactly. Mm. Gosh, oh, I love that old game. block block hands everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I remember getting, uh, I went on vacation with um, our family and like four other families. And this was like in the height of me playing this game. And I remember me being the, in the pool with all girls. And what the heck am I talking about? Freaking Final Fantasy VII. And they're all like, <laughs> yeah. uh huh, uh huh. Oh, that's interesting. Uh huh. <laughs> totally appeasing me. And I was making a fool of myself and had no idea. <laughs> but hey, if you had talked about Final Fantasy Seven and there was one girl like, what? Yeah, me too. He'd be like, oh, oh hell. And we're married. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> that was funny. Oh, uh, yeah. There's so much in this game. I'm mean, just thinking back, you know, to the different things that even this plot synopsis didn't cover. Like, remember in Fort Condor? The first time I saw mm-hmm. that with that, that, big, that big bird oh, yeah. over there kind of over guarding the thing. I just the art in this game blew me away, and the fact, like the the decisions that the characters made in the game, again going to the storytelling side of things, like with Shinra when they decided to drop the plate 
on yeah, you know, sec- that was their next seven. Level. Yeah, that was like, what did they just did they just blow up a Death Star planet or something yeah, with that? I mean, they're all dead. They just killed everybody. Thousand yeah. people just cried out. <laughs> right. Yeah, crazy. So good. Uh, there's there's not enough time to talk about I how know, much you I love can this go game, on but it's, and on about it. Yeah, I mean, you can go on longer than you can play the game, honestly. And then, you know, in preparation for this podcast, I was looking out, you know, on YouTube at different things, and there, there is so much about this game that it, it can fuel an entire YouTube channel. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy because you think about it, and. You know, like you're saying, we we had brought we brought up Final Fantasy VII on our podcast uh, this last week, and how ridiculous it sounds to people that didn't play it. And mm-hmm. and Router was giving us a hard time about the Golden Saucer, and he was like, <laughs> "The Golden Saucer." He was like, "Get out of oh, here!" Man, he, I love that place. Yeah, though. he was like, "Well, you have a golden teacup sitting on top," and it was just so funny because I told him after the show, like, I never thought of it, the Golden Saucer as something under a teacup. It was just mm-hmm. the golden saucer. It was a casino. It's just how it was, you know what I'm saying? But we were I was so caught up in the thing, you know, and the chocobos are ridiculous, which I think are also in every Final Fantasy game. Um, uh-huh. but they uh and it, that's all just normal to me. But hearing, you know, me myself tell a 40-year-old, "Yeah, and then we went to the golden saucer and blah 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 blah." He's like, "What?" You know. Uh-huh. I always thought of the golden saucer it was referred to as like a UFO kind of saucer. That's what I always thought of it as. Yeah, that cuz that's how it was shaped. Yeah, not like a teacup saucer mm-hmm. and we didn't even touch about that so in there there's all those mini games and stuff that you can play mm-hmm. like they're i think they all reference a, a specific plot point in the in the game too like you had to do whatever it was in the game in at some point in the golden yeah. saucer yeah. at some point yeah so you had like when you when you were escaping midgar and you had zach's mo- or not zach cloud on the motorcycle why you keep uh, calling him was, zach so, i don't know that's so funny <laughs> Uh, maybe I played too much Crisis Core. Yeah, that was. A good, I beat that game. That was a good game. <laughs> oh, that was great. That was the. That was actually probably half the reason why I owned a PSP was just to play that yep. game. Amen. Uh, but there was there was the 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 escape on the motorcycle where you had the sword you could attack on either side, and then there was the snowboarding. Um, and then wasn't there an exercise one? So he was like doing squats and stuff too. Yeah, from uh, when you were uh, when you battled the guys in the gym. In, uh, yeah, it was the gym battle, yeah. guys. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And they all came out there. They were like all these buff guys that were the things. <laughs> yeah. So good. So great. It was so creative, too, and it had so many different aspects to it. And you really could, I mean, you could easily spend 150 hours in this game and, and mm-hmm. be doing a bunch of different stuff. And I know I had to have trying to resurrect Aerith and get Zach. You exactly, know. which wasn't going to happen, but you didn't know that at uh-huh. the time. And I always heard the rumor that so when you first met Aerith and there was like this guy who's kind of going crazy in the little tube, mm-hmm. uh, where by where she lives, like that was supposed to have been Zach. That needed and the medicine. If you, yeah, yeah, if you took him something, he would come and re- remember who he was and join your party. No, didn't happen, oh, man. All the rumors, you <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, it's, it's pre-internet. You know, it's pre-Wikipedia. You know, where you'd be like, mm-hmm. you can't do that. You know, you're not going to bring mm-hmm. her back to life, but you just, you know. That reminds me, back in grade school and everything, everybody was always touting how good they were at games and stuff. Like, one guy, I remember he was was like, oh, yeah, I beat Goldeneye on, you know, super hard mode or whatever. And everyone was like, no, I don't don't believe that for a minute. (laughs) And then, like, one day he actually had people over and he'd never even beaten the game. (laughs) (laughs) Like, at all? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Like, he didn't even, like, complete, like, the last level or something like that. Oh, my gosh. 
But it's like, you know, you you kind of just had to to go with the flow and kind of talk to people about games and stuff. And like, yeah, have you played 1080? Like, uh, yeah, I played 1080. Did you get? Did you actually do a 1080? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I don't think I ever actually did. Right, like, uh, I'm pretty game sure yet. I did. Yeah, of course. Uh huh. Yeah. Or Tony Hawk, I mean, like, oh man, I got this awesome trick and this and that. I'm like, oh yeah, me too. No, nah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. you just had to go with the flow. There's no, you couldn't fact check anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Th- those were those were the days. I mean, there's there will never be another time like that though. Everything you can have, like, oh yeah, show me your screen, show me what you see. You can. There's so much like with Twitch anymore and everything else that there will never be another era. I'll call it of ignorance mm-hmm. to be able to to have you know the rumors or the myths that were yeah. built around Final Fantasy VII, like with these you know resurrecting Aerith or getting Zack, or around these other games by doing all these other things. There, there's just too many ways to to verify anymore. Take a picture with your cell phone, you know, tweet it out, you know, take a screenshot from your screen if you're playing a game, whatever. There's just too many avenues. Oh yeah, to see like to to say prove it. Mm. Yeah, for me it's weird. Like hear you guys talk about like, cause I I, mean, I was too young. I, I didn't know anyone that was playing that game the same time I was, and I moved around a lot as kids. So like I didn't I didn't know anyone that was playing. So like I discovered all those weird rumors like way later, and it was like, I remember just like spending like probably hours like just like diving into everything I could find on the internet like about all these rumors and like, even I when I was older at the time I was like. I didn't know if they're real or they weren't real. It's just like, mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. Like, I mean, that's how powerful this game was. Is that there's probably still people discussing this, you know, stuff. Oh yeah, like us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, as far as you know, there's probably websites dedicated. They're still, you know, blogging about Final Fantasy VII every day. Man, I remember when I first started looking for like the internet stuff in school. I I went to Final Fantasy VII websites. And that was back in the day of like GeoCities and stuff oh, yeah. where everybody had like these weird little gifts in the back, Net always zero. doing these little moves. And then mm-hmm. all this weird music playing, like MIDI music. Oh, man. Yeah. I hated those days. I, I mean, those <laughs> days, those were good days. We were really confused about everything, but they were good <laughs> days. It was definitely the uh-huh. age of ignorance. You're right. Well, gentlemen, do you have anything else to add before we kind of move away from our discussion of Final Fantasy VII? Great game. I don't know if it holds up, but I, I would encourage anybody, if you're still listening, <laughs> um, to go play it, man. And, and like just for just for history's sake, like it's one of those games that will go down in history because of the records it broke and because of the, the fan base that it created um, and how it revived the, the... I don't know if it revived the Final Fantasy brand, but it opened it up to way more people that I think had never played mm-hmm. RPGs before. Nevertheless, JRPGs, which really were the only ones you know around, it feels like at the time. But um, just go try it and see if it grabs you. And if it does, man, stick with it. And it's almost like telling somebody to read an old book that's going to take a long time. Like I know this book is old and it's hard to understand because it's in old English, but just read it. And it's kind of like mm-hmm. that. And I would encourage anybody to go to go check it out. And I stand by Final Fantasy being a really good game. It's better than thirteen, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, same here. I I. I mean, like, I, I still play it every, you know, probably like once every year, every couple of years. I mean, it's go out and try and play it if you can. It was a great game, and it's what got me into game, you know, like truly into like getting hooked into gaming. So, yeah, a, a couple fun facts about this game that I just kind of came across is that it still holds a ninety-two on Metacritic. Oh, really? So that's high. Yeah. So 
I, I mean, that is high. I mean, that's a, a high accolade because, I mean, that's all the aggregate scores, and it has... So that's the, the critic score is 92, and then the user score is actually 91 still. Um, and that's, to I mean, to date. So somebody could have played it yesterday and like, this game is horrible. These graphics are horrible. I'm done. Yeah, exactly. Zero. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's such a testament to the quality of this game at that time that it has this, this you know, Metacritic rating. And also, this game is also attributed to really um, selling more PlayStations than any other game, original PlayStations. Wow. Uh, it said, it's quoted here as being the game that built the PlayStation. Kind of like how Halo was the game that kind of made the, the Xbox. Xbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I didn't really know that, but it, you'd probably be hard-pressed to find someone who didn't have a PlayStation and didn't play Final Fantasy VII. Gosh, what a freaking good game. Good game. All right. So let's go ahead and wrap this thing up, shall we? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. So we're not quite done talking Final Fantasy VII yet. But we're not going to be talking about the game anymore. Next week, we're going to venture back into movies a little bit, but with a foot in the gaming world, with Final Fantasy VII, Advent Children. Own it. Oh, such a good game. Or, movie. <laughs> good movie. Yeah. I mean, when that game... Good Lord. When that movie <laughs> came out, <laughs> I was so excited because, I mean, it was just... It was the same characters that I knew from the other... From the game and everything, and it was... I was... I think I was working at Best Buy at the time. I don't know. I don't remember exactly when the movie came out, but still, I was so excited to get it, and I watched it so many times. Uh, I I believe I have three versions of it, or maybe I have two versions and gave one away to someone else. The Japanese and the English, and no, they were all American releases. But first, I had the the DVD, then I had like a special edition DVD, and then I had a Blu-ray. Yep. So I'm pretty sure I have all those somewhere. Still. Okay, I so find here's them. a question. The movie came out. Were you disappointed in the voice acting? Because now all these characters are voiced that yeah, you because then already they're... have in your head. You know, Barrett's in there and Tifa and mm-hmm. Cloud and Sephiroth. And... I remember being thrown a little bit um, by some of the voices, but not terribly because I think when I initially watched it, I think I watched it in Japanese. Mm. So... I, I was reading subtitles at, at I that point I did still. Too. I want to say I did. But yeah, I can't remember. It'll be interesting to kind of see next week when we discuss it what we think of the voice acting because that that's a good point to bring up. Thank you. My my contribution to next week's show. <laughs> there you go. Gabe lives on. <laughs> uh, so that'll be next week. Um, but before then... Uh, you can still interact with us on Twitter. In fact, we uh, at the end of last week's episode, if you made it that far past our Skyfall discussion, uh, we talked about the giving away Xbox One version of Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Um, so to enter that, just follow us on Twitter. Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Twitter tweet something at us else. with the. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't don't go there. <laughs> it's late, guys. Uh, Give us a break. <laughs> yeah this this is this is uh, that's entertaining after dark. Just so you guys know, this is early morning. Honestly, actually. <laughs> um, so uh, so tweet at us, which our Twitter handle is entertaining pod, with the hashtag entertaining code, and tell us what your favorite game was that you played. Doesn't have to mean that it came out last year. Uh, but just the favorite game that you played in 2014. Just 
and that'll enter you into the running to get the code. So we announced it last week, and a grand total of zero entered. <laughs> <laughs> I should have entered. Shoot. Yeah, you could have won. totally would have won. Uh, so, <laughs> so go ahead and enter it in, uh, and hopefully we'll get some uh, some entries for next week and announce a winner. Um, so, and just a question for our listeners, if you're out there, which Final Fantasy game is your favorite? Seven. I'm just kidding. Tweet at us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, mine is favorite. Or my favorite one is seven for sure. I heard six was really good, and so I, I kind of want to get six on my iPad and see. If, yeah, uh, if I've, been, I've been meaning it. I, I I hear that too. Like, I never played any of those uh, SNES or, uh, Final Fantasies, so uh, I should check those out someday. Yeah. Yeah, I really need to too. I haven't. I played one on Game Boy. I think the original Final Fantasy on mm-hmm. Game Boy, and then I didn't play anything until seven. So I know that there's a lot of good stuff that's happened in those early years. You know, the yeah, the ones in between. And like, if you go back and play those now, I mean, they they're hand drawn from what I remember. Um, I think so. The art style really is should hold up better than. The polygonal Final Fantasy mm-hmm. Seven. So, but yeah, so just give us a tweet and say, "Hey, what was your favorite uh, Final Fantasy game that you've played?" I'm honestly, I know uh, Justin. It sounds like you're a little bit disenfranchised by it now, but um, I'm really looking forward to Final Fantasy Fifteen. In fact, when it was known as Final Fantasy Thirteen Versus, um, I actually bought a PlayStation Three. No, oh, no, because of that oh, game. Oh, they got you. <laughs> <laughs> they got me bad, yeah. But yeah, I I got that because I was waiting for that game to come out because it looks so cool. I mean, it was like this this king, whatever. He was had the sword that was really cool. Me and my buddy would watch the trailer over and over again, waiting for it to come out. Still waiting oh, for it to come. Out. But now it's known as Final Fantasy 15. So who knows? I mean, that's been in development for a long time. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. I I skipped over 13 and. Uh, the 13 part two, and wasn't there a part three? No, it was Lightning Returns. Final Fantasy. Yeah. I don't know if they called it part three, but it was Final Fantasy was 13 the... Lightning Returns. You know? Yeah, I mean, there were three okay. games to that one series, though. Stupid. Yeah. So let us know what your favorite one was. Maybe your favorite one was uh, the card game that came out for Game Boy. I think there was a card game for Game Boy. Maybe I'm mistaken. Who knows? Maybe Could it was Tactics. <laughs> or Tactics. tactics. Could be good. Tactics. Oh, I've heard great things yeah. about Tactics, Ta- honestly. I've never tactics played it. Tactics is a good game. Yeah. But I thought yeah. 10 it's was little... good. The voice acting was weird, but Blitzball made up for a lot of stuff. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> you didn't like Blitzball? <laughs> oh, Blitzball is the worst. Oh, I love Blitzball. <laughs> I haven't oh, played it, it so again confusing. recently, though. Oh, I've been, I've been playing it on my Vita, and it's just horrible. Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. Shoot, <laughs> I haven't gotten back to that because I bought it too for my Vita, and I hadn't gotten back to that part yet. But shoot, I'm sad to hear that it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, maybe it'll still hold up for you. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Not after you said that. Now we have it looking at it through a different lens. <laughs> yeah. Well, how do you, listener, feel about Blitzball? Maybe you can leave us an iTunes or a Stitcher review and say, you know what, I love Blitzball. Let us know what you think. Um, but hopefully you can give us some feedback on iTunes or Stitcher where you can find us. Uh, you can also just reach out at us directly, tweet us at EntertainingPod. And you can also send us an email at That'sEntertaining at gmail.com. Uh, Gabe, you're on Twitter, right? Yeah. Uh, at, at MTTGCast. 
that's our uh, podcast Twitter, and that's pretty much all I do over there. Yeah. Yeah, and if uh, as we mentioned before, Gabe is from the Married to the Games podcast. So if you enjoy anything that you've heard at this episode at all, uh, like we said before, it's mainly attributed to the guys over there at Married to the Games. So please feel free to give them a listen and subscribe to Married to the Games. Yeah, man. Come on over. The water's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Justin, you're on Twitter, right? Yeah, uh, I'm Justin uh, at jpicky86, jpicky86. Awesome. So follow Justin, follow MTTG cast, or feel free to follow me at Sith Nightmare. Not Kate Sith. Nothing to do with Kate <laughs> Sith. This is the Star Wars Sith. Sure it is. So S I T H K N I G H T M A R E. It's a long Twitter handle. I know. Leave me alone. <laughs> that's hilarious. Anyway, that'll do it for us this week at uh, That's Entertaining. Hopefully, you were entertained. We'll see you guys next time.